Blog Talk Radio. Bullshit, bullshit. They feeding us this bullshit, bullshit. They feeding us bullshit. Uh, why you feeding me this bullshit from Zachariah Sitchin? Worse than a Christian. Listen, you in the fifth dimension, missing. We're in about a reptilian in. It came from a white boy, lying to my people like, it's a right boy. I'm here to kill a pseudoscience with a knife for it. 65 million euro pyramids, Anunnaki claims you're a weirdo kid. Yet the people follow you like you're a hero kid, looking for evidence. But I found zero kids. I'm not a Hindu. I know what I've been through. You reaching for chakras, but that's not us. But that's not us. Rise of the Kundalini. Rise of the Kundalini. Sounds more like Houdini. Sounds more like Houdini. Bullshit. Bullshit. They feeding us this bullshit. 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 They feeding us this bullshit. 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 They feeding us this bullshit. 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 I might go west. I feast in the night when the light goes 
rest. Nice on my feet, go Christ on my neck. I hope life leads me to a nice old death. Rose on my lip, cold ice on my breath. And I'm dressed like a groom, but I never got mad. Nah, walked out the tomb like I never got bad. Call me Wallace Dean, awaken out of dreams. I got death on my breath, call me Holocene. I got Greek in my speech when I speak to the God. Rims on the bends on the beach with your broad at the dough. Get low, I paint a pit 16. I catch the Holy Ghost and I sit 16. Listen in like Epiphany. Listen me like a symphony in Basilica, this literature is like jewelry made by Tiffany. Call me rosy gold, I got holy friends. Holy hove, I'm in holy hands. Only sold my soul to do that holy dance. Holy hove, I'm in holy lands, I'm in holy Greece. Holy Rome, I'm in ancient Egypt in that holy home. Sipping that in the sea, that pure white. I live a gen of VC, pure life. So if you go for my ones, I'ma go for the guns. I know where to go when I go on the run for that Rolls Royce. I believe I got no choice. I make your body bleed. We practice Murta and Verta. Don't talk, oh Murta. You know the violence got a code of silence. I pose in vogue with my golden phallus. Listenies are like epiphanies. Listen me like a symphony. In Basilica, this literature is like jewelry made by Tiffany. Call me Saint Laurent. Saint Laurent, my pen always in the paint like my name LeBron. If the dough get low, I paint a pick 16. I catch the Holy Ghost and I spit 16. Listenies are like epiphanies. Listen me like a symphony In Basilica, this literature Like jewelry made by Tiffany Call me Saint Laurent, Saint Laurent My pen always in the paint like my name LeBron If the dough get low, I paint a pit 16 I catch the Holy Ghost and I spit 16 Hey yo, Kufo Boom out, God B-O-M-E, C-I-C For my five percenters out here who know what I'm talking about, rest of y'all wake up. More than rap music. into darkness, I stay listening to Marcus, the true and living, you a carcass, living in the Caucasus, while my forefathers was authoring, everything that the new world is sponsoring, no I don't belong to them, I'm not a spawn of shim, first I will admonish them, then I will astonish them, then it's just gone with them, off with the wind, I go off with the pen, guzzle head, muzzle men for their burnt offering, I learn often when a man claim he God, he be more like a Nimrod, thinking you can box with me, I cross your eyes and dodge your teeth, just to drop a venom. That'll end them niggas logically Pardon me, my enemies make me malicious Revenge, I'ma learn ya, then I'ma burn ya Delicious, vicious, make you stop up the whole slaughter My wet flow wake your ass up like cold water I said do the knowledge or you gon' die Little sisters, I said do the knowledge or you gon' die Little brothers, I said do the knowledge or you gon' die 
Little niggas, I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Motherfuckers, I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Little sisters, I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Little brothers, I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Little niggas, I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Motherfuckers. Devil's out for me, cause my beats out for me like Drake 3000. See, we coming from Virginia, and we gon' continue to keep that hot shit up on the menu. What you prefer, pure cane or splendor? I know you want the real, so just witness it in its splendor. Regardless how you feel, and regardless of who you kin to, you could be kin to Kunta, you sending my pen and shoot you. You could be kin to Martin, just watch what you niggas start. Yo, do the knowledge, or you gon' die. Little sisters, I said, do the knowledge, or you gon' die. Little brothers, I said, do the knowledge, or you gon' die. Little niggas, I said, do the Knowledge or you gon' die, motherfuckers. The streets love us, no one above us. Ashes to ashes, my nigga, dust is to dust. You know we like to pass it, nigga, bust up the duchess and start the rushing and lumping and dumping off on these guns. I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Little sisters, I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Little brothers, I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Little niggas, I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Motherfuckers, I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Little sisters, I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Little brothers, I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Little niggas, I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Motherfuckers, for the text of rap. A true connection to the hidden track. The holy name, bear the flame, resurrected fact. We move it right exact, premeditated text. Begin to swirl, show the world where the light is at. It's just a given fact, it all begins in black. We let you take the will, but now it's time to give it back. You know it is the black alpha and omega. If you try to fight it, you're gonna have to deal with mama nature. You just the children of a lesser God. We the children of the sun, number one repertoire. So we represent the temple and man. Check the mainframe, we game change, transform, rearrange things. It's not the same plane. Wise words are lose the ears of the profane. Still we broke chains and released a few brains in the process. Coming with the right knowledge, manifest supreme logic. I said do the knowledge or you gon' die. Little sisters, I said do the knowledge or you gon' die. Little brothers, I said do the knowledge or you gon' die. Little niggas, I said do the knowledge or you gon' die. Motherfuckers, I said do the knowledge or you gon' die. Little sisters, I said do the knowledge or you gon' die. Little brothers, I said do the knowledge or you gon' die. Little niggas, I said do the knowledge or you gon' die. Motherfuckers. Deadly serious. Better start learning your lessons. Watch the world around you. Understand what's going on. Who you are. Where you came from. Where you get your name from. Don't be a fucking lame, son. One. Black African power. Welcome to the rebirth of the African civilization show. The home of the Amara Squad, a well-organized life, defeats a disorganized truth. Peace to you, brother. Shout to every Black African power. What's good? Hey yo, hey yo, I'm MJ, MJ, MK Ultra, snake head on my head, vulture. I make beds till I break bread. We're Oprah, I'm over Cobra, stand head and culture. They made new slaves, I'ma make new niggas And on paydays, I'ma make new figures Fuck Bill Gates, I dance with Medusa And the dance bring me cake like a master to Musa In this world, I'm a boss in my brand new speakers Your girl love my voice and my band two features King Tut coffin, dreams of assaulting Seen it so potent, my teeth born talking And tongues never spoken, scripts never written I call that the hitting, one like almond The unlettered prophet that prophet the flow been knowledge, I own in college, and I use 
sign language that is so symbolic. Black African Power. Welcome to the rebirth of the African Civilization Show, the home of the Amara Squad. What's good? What's happening? A well-organized lie defeats a disorganized truth every time. Woo-hoo-wee. Man, y'all already know what it is, man. It's God-killer in the house. I'm in raw squad up. Man, we come to do what we got to do because we're going to do what we got to do. We standing tall, we standing strong, and we organizing that truth. Man, what's good, family? Man, been a powerful, powerful week, man, and a powerful, powerful weekend. Yes, indeed. Man, you know they had that ASCAT conference in Atlanta, and you already know the I'm in raw squad was in the building. Boy, Brother Shaw did an excellent job, you know what I'm saying, in representing Mocha University and the Amaral squad. He did his thing. We're going to talk about that later on in the show and the relationship that ASCAC, you know what I'm saying, and the Amaral squad is building. Very, 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 very important. Yeah, and guess what, man? We got a special guest tonight. All right? Brother Christian Shaddai. All right? He's currently an undergrad at Ohio State University. I uh, studying African and African American studies with a modern anthropology. You know, that's my thing right there, anthropology. He's also specializing in Egyptology with a previous degree in early childhood education from Kaplan University. Man, we're gonna have a good conversation, man. We wanna kick it off a little bit with a little bit of I call it politics. Y'all already know what it is, man. We're going to get that discussion in. And, man, you know, me and Jao, man, we really kicked it. Me and Jao and Asar, we really kicked it this weekend, man. And it was beautiful to see the family out there, you know what I'm saying, amongst the serious scholarship. All right? One no foolish ship in that building. Brother Greg Carr, I'd like to give him a shout-out. Dr. Greg Carr, let me get that straight. Because he earned that. A real, real, real cool brother. This I promise you. The doctor is doing his thing, man. Had some excellent conversation with him. I want to also give a shout out to Mario B. Man, I enjoyed building with the brothers, man. Leonard Jeffries, Doctor Leonard Jeffries, that's my man right there. Yeah, you know I mean, so you know we got a lot of good things to talk about tonight, man. And you know, community man, y'all already know what it is, man. Uh, hey. I appreciate the brothers and sisters, you know, stepping up and uh, donating to the GoFundMe so me and brother saw, you know what I mean, can be comfortable when we get to New York to pay for our rooms. And I appreciate that, man. I'm going to put that link in the chat room because y'all know we're going to be in there, man, and supporting our brother polite. That debate is going down. Y'all already know it, man. It's happening this Sunday, coming up. All right? where we got the pale Jew, you know what I'm saying, versus Brother Polite. And we're going to see how that's going to go. But you already know, man, we're in the building to make sure things go right. Keep me strong. Stand up on top, man. And that's just the way it is, man. I want you all to also support uh, the community.
Hermetic Press, man. They having an event, a uh, live event. They're going to have that live stream. You can also, if you're in Dallas area, Dallas, Texas, right, uh, that event is at 5 p.m., but you can also hit that live stream. I'm going to go ahead and put that in there. You know, uh, man, man, we're officially sponsored. You know what I'm saying? They sponsor us, man. All right? University Community Press. Absolutely, man. Man, we dig them books right there with that scholarship, man. Also, I had a chance to meet, uh, man, a serious uh, doctor, man. Uh, let me get this name right. Hussein uh, Yifaru. Uh, man, he wrote an excellent book. And the book is entitled Denial Valley Civilization and an Historical Commentary on Ancient Africa. Man, the doctor was serious. Uh, he presented after Brother uh, Assad presented, man. And got that book, man. And it's a hardback book. Get your get your paper up, right? The book is eighty blickies. <laughs> Let you know that right now. Um, you know, I had to get a I had to get a copy of that, man. The scholarship is serious, so we're gonna have that doctor coming on in a few weeks after we finish reading this material. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna let you know whether we give it down the raw squad stamp of approval. But that's what we got going on, man. And y'all know we doing that thing right, man. Shout out to everybody, you know what I'm saying? A shout out to Brother Reggie, you know what I'm saying, who's been working hard behind the scenes to make sure the Raw Squad platform is super tight, you know, putting us in connections with the proper elders, man. So I'm going to always give a shout out to you, Brother Reggie, for, you know, doing that, man. And, hey, y'all already know what it is because it is what it is, man. But let me get these lines open. Uh, where you at? It's Shamir Law. I'm a raw squad up. What's happening, brother? I'm a raw squad up. Peace to you, brother. How you doing tonight, family? Hey, man, I'm sitting back on the chill, man, enjoying it, man. Just been made some powerful friends, man. You know, you already know what Aztec is, man, what it stands for in the community, man. You already know. Indeed, a very, very good uh, Aztec conference. Thank you so much for representing us so strongly and so firmly. A big shout-out your brother Asar Mhotep and his presentation. I know the brother did an excellent job. I mean, he's definitely one of the top scholars on the team, and we definitely want to salute brother Asar Mhotep for his great works, contribution to Amara Squad, as well as brother Ujawu being there to fully represent. Man, man, y'all really, really making a lot of moves and some inroads, so we definitely want to thank y'all. We want to thank, like you stated, Dr. Greg Carr of Howard University, um, Dr. Leonard Jeffries and everybody who's just always so receptive and, and, and the way that they encourage us and the way that they support us and the way that we support them. So definitely a, a big mm-hmm. shout-out to y'all attending the ASCAT conference. Oh, yeah, man. We want to have a, a, a lot more to honor our squad scholars, man, presenting at that, man. You know, like, we can't keep it unless we give it away, man. You know, ASCAT be popping, Bobby. Damn, the squad be popping, too. And when those two worlds collide, man, mm, boy, you got some powerful non-pseudo ship flowing. You know what I'm saying, brother? I promise you. And that, I think man. that's I think that's why that's so important, brother Ankh, because what we try to do is we blend, you know, the the highest formal education in every single form. So if you want the formal, you know, delivery, that's an arena that we're very comfortable at. If you want it on the street corner, that's the level that we're very comfortable at. So we're trying to give you the best of both. We're giving you the preeminent scholarship from the street level all the way up past the Ivy League. We're in the Ebony League right now. You know what I mean? So fuck the Ivy League. We're in the Ebony League schools, you know, and not only the Ebony League schools, but we're on that street level. 
and that's what we do for Armor Raw Squad, you dig? Yeah, man, yo, we been having that showing up style, man. It's hard for people to even grasp that sometimes. But the people, man, we're going to go where they at, man. We're going to the projects. We're going to the middle class. We're going to the below class. We're going in all classes. We're going to get in the gutter. We're going to go to the White House. We're going to go to the, everywhere we need to go. Where you find black people, we're right there organizing that truth, man. And I'm thinking that's very, very important because a lot of times a lot of groups get left out. You know what I'm saying? We're dealing with this scholarship and this work. You know what I'm saying? But now that I'm raw squad, man, we right there, and we heavy-handed with that work, man. So let me get the other brothers and sisters in here, man. All right? Yes, sir. Arrows up, man. Magi, Vanguard, the Kemet. What's good, brother? Smash. What's up? What's up with you, brother? I'm in raw squad up, Black African Power. What's y'all doing? What's going on? Whew, Magi hey, man, arches, we arrows back. up, you know. Yes, yeah, sir. How you doing? It's y'all. I just called in right now. I didn't even. I only heard like one minute of y'all dialogue. Mm. Who all on? Mm. Nobody. You're just just the third man, just us, it, bro. Yeah, that's right. You're the third man. You're the trio, Trinity, right now. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Yeah, we were just talking about ass kick a little bit, bro. I'm waiting to look uh, how was that? Deep as in an ass kick. Come on, man. We made them them interlocking relationships. Like I said, we waiting on you presenting ass kick, man. Trust me yeah, that'll that, be man. wonderful if, 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 if I could ever uh, honor or what have you. I would love to uh, present an ask at, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's what we're doing. And that's already been laid down, bro. That's what we're doing. Just, I promise you, man. And the brothers is real cool, man. Dr. Greg Carl, man. Down to earth, man. You know what I'm saying? It's good to see that we got uh, brothers like that at Howard University. That is serious, all right? Serious, brother, man. Down to earth, uh, credential, like some people might like it. And then, just without that, just down to earth, man. And we're going to make sure that that platform grows in the community. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what I'm a raw squad, dude. You know, you know we we connect them links, man. You know what I'm saying? Yes. All right, let me get... um. Paul Netta Research Team. Netta Nash. I'm a Raw Squad Up. What's good, brother? Man, ain't no Raw Squad Up. Black African Power. Uh, peace to uh, Baba Ish. Uh, Baba Ons for putting in that work. Uh, Baba Jawu. Ten Jonathan Ons. Man, Jawu. Arrows up. Arrows up. Arrows up. Netta Nash. Arrows up. Yeah, arrows up. All the way up, axes up. I just want to say that I'm proud of of Sen, uh, of Sen Hotep Street uh, for today. I can't wait to uh, review it. And just the platform today, I just can't wait to ask questions and get the best information. And we all squad up, putting that work. That's all I got to say. Hey, man. Uh, what you talking about, man? Massey in the building, man. Massey Warrior Clan, man. Yeah, man. Hey, look, it is what it is, brother. So, you know what I mean? I'm looking forward to the day that the information that y'all brothers bring in the first-hand research on Kim and the language in ASCAC. Man, I can't wait. I'm working them details out, man. You know what I mean? And I just can't wait, bro. I'm just letting you know right now, man, it's just a beautiful damn day. How else better can it be? Beat up a bunch of pseudos one week. The next week, you're sitting amongst the elite. Boy, I tell you, 
<laughs> it don't get no better than that. Yeah, it gets no better than that, brother. <laughs> gets no one day on the couch. You know what I'm saying? Next day in front of Doctor Greg Carr. Boy, we winning. <laughs> we winning. <laughs> Let me uh. <laughs> One day to land a move, next day Ethiopia. Boy, I tell you. <laughs> Feel me. <laughs> oh, man. One day somebody book getting shot up with the arrows. Man, next day. <laughs> talking. We're releasing our own books. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> man, we get a shower with him, man. <laughs> hey, round here, man, we pseudo-hunting. All right? Sniffing you out. Ujahu, nah, you know, don't, don't tell the truth. Oh, go ahead. What? Go ahead. Nah, go ahead. What's Greg say? No, nah, I heard you call Ujahu. Where you at, Ujahu? Hey, Hotel, Hotel. Uh, I'm a raw squad up. Black African power. Magi arches up. The arrows yes, up. Sir. You know? Yes, sir. What's up, brother? Spears are flying, too. Spears are flying. Definitely. Spears are flying. All I was going to say, all I was going to say is everybody who ran up on us just got dealt with. We ain't came at nobody from day one. Nope. From day one, everybody nope. ran up on us. We gave warnings, told them to fall back, everything. We don't be coming at dudes. Nah, we never did, That's bro. That's right. I also want to say uh, peace out to uh, Netchenev, uh Brother Ish, everybody's on the panel. You know, um, I just want to say I, I enjoyed myself um, for the ASCAC uh, conference, you know, I had a chance to meet um, some people that I definitely look up to as elders and and my enlighteners, um, such as um, Benoche Montgomery. Definitely have to give him mm. a shout out. He's yeah, give um, him a shout out. Cool dude, real. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Every everybody that I met is definitely laid back. You know, you know, we kind of you know, before you meet them, you have a, you have these assumptions. But man, everybody's laid mm-hmm. back, down to earth, um, easy to talk to. Uh, it was my first time meeting him. I've I've talked to him, uh, you know, interacted with him on Facebook and things like that. So him, um, as well as the elder um, Infundishi. Um, Infundishi was there. Um, Brother Greg yeah, Carr, Doctor Greg Carr, uh, Mario Beatty, um, Doctor Leonard Jeffries, um, and then shout out to um, Asar Motep did an excellent, excellent presentation on um, how paranimi is used to further or build a culture. And I'm sure if he if he's going to call in tonight, he'll be able to build on that. But that was an excellent, um, excellent uh, presentation. I actually learned from the other presentations. You know, it was, it was good, very good stuff. We had some independent scholars, um, and you can just see that that there's there's you know it's it's a relief for me because we deal with a lot of pseudo science out here. That's and pseudo science has mass appeal, so that's like the most things talked about. But it was a relief for me to walk in there. And see some real scholarship. I mean, I was really, really pleased. You know, you can engage in some some real progressive conversation with people, young people, doing the work. You know, getting degrees and and actually putting together some presentations, some some um, groundbreaking work, some new discoveries. They're they're forwarding the the knowledge. You know, so man, it was really, really good. Really, really good. It was past that, man. And then and then to see those those brothers and sisters. Those elders, you know what I mean, uh, that's on that level to acknowledge the Amorowski, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That was, that was, now that was, you know, that was humbling. You know, that was well, that's, a, that's another thing. That, that was mine 
open it for me. I know you mentioned this before, uh, but for me to go there and experience it because, um, you know, you don't know until you run into people, but people actually pay People watch and listen to the show. They watch what's posted on Facebook. They're, they're watching. They're watching. You you don't know it, but they're watching because they come up to you and they, they'll say, you know, they'll call out your name. You don't even know them. You know, some people knew my name. They didn't know my face, but they knew my name. And I was like, wow, okay. And then, you know, um, a person had my book there. I'm like, wow, you know, because oh, I didn't yeah, come there to, to yeah. Right. I didn't come yeah, there to sell yeah. anything. So it was like, wow, okay, this, these people are, are on it. I'm, you know, so I was real humbled. I was appreciative about that. And, and um, it was good to see people acknowledge um, acknowledge us, us, period. You know, like I saw, I gave his presentation. It's good to see. The elders, I mean, these are scholars that are acknowledging his work and, and actually engaging, like learning from his work. Like they're, they're happy. And that's what these, a lot of these elders want. They want to see the work continue so they can relax. You know, they're, they're, they're concerned. With all the pseudoscience going on, they're concerned that their works are going to be in vain. So they feel good when they see us step up and continue to work. So, and I, and I, I was able to see that, um, you know, this weekend. So that was good. What man, please, yo. What a then 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 when 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 Doctor <laughs> man went on ahead and what? what? Hey, continue continue this question. Go ahead, go ahead, brother. No, what you want? What you want this? I didn't, I didn't get, know if you had the no. I didn't know if you had the the, the phone number for Professor Sadat so we can bring him into the I'm conversation. Thinking, is, is, he, is he the six seven eight number? Uh, no, nah, these are Ohio numbers. I don't know. It might might be an Atlanta number. What's I don't the first know. Three? What's the first three? You got hey look. Look, um Brother Christian, hit that one. On that keypad. I ain't seeing this one. I ain't waiting on the call in. Gotta hit one on the keypad. On the keypad yeah, bro, brother brother Sadat, hit number one on your keypad and that he'll be able to identify you and bring you in, brother. Jump you in there. The one, one is that six four. You think that you think it's, you don't got the number? I'm gonna try this. Try this number. Uh, six one four. But it's a dot. Is that you? Yes, sir. Brothers, can you hear me? You hear you loud and clear. How you doing, brother? Black African power. I'm raw squad up. Oh, I'm doing. I'm doing great, brothers. I'm doing very well. Peace unto you. Uh, I've just oh, been uh, just. Just been chilling on on the uh, on the line, just enjoying uh, the conversation. Yes, sir. Hotep, Hotep, welcome. Yes, absolutely. We just bring bring the public up to speed, and certainly want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule to come and you know share some knowledge and information with us. Um, I know there's like a a lot of key things that you kind of want to deal with, which are very very important. One is the aspect of dealing with current events the political climate and some things that are going on and taking place, as well as some of your expertise of what you share as far as Egyptology and uh, some of your knowledge and information of archaeology and, and anthropology, some of the things that you could share with on that also. Since we kind of deal with some of the current events of what's going on, currently um, dealing with the, the political scene, I had a good question for you as far as um, politics. How reliable um do you think the candidates are, and who is it that we can trust? 
How would you? What would you think about that? I think on a level of reliability, um, most of, if not all, of, of the the current crop of candidates are are not reliable. Uh, I say that in the sense of just from a historical standpoint, um, you know, we really have to ask ourselves what have we gained from uh, you know the the candidates uh, that have come before this slew of candidates, and then also the candidates who are currently running. Um, we look around our our communities, our cities, our our states, and um, even on a on a, uh, a national level of our nation and what benefits have we as black people seen uh, from the candidates that are, you know, obviously out here uh, politicking, running to become president. Uh, So on a reliable standpoint, I don't see a reliability uh, from the candidates. Uh, I I know that I will more likely touch on this later, but uh, just to kind of put a – kind of a bold uh, point to this. Um, Look at the way in which Hillary is just galvanizing the black community and galvanizing the black vote. Is Hillary Clinton a reliable candidate? I I say not. Uh, And there will be ways in which I can touch upon this uh, to bring this, this fact uh, into light. You know, ultimately uh, we cannot trust the candidates, we cannot trust these politicians out here uh, because, honestly, our lives matter every four years. And this is that season where now we start to matter. Now, you know, we are uh, the the individuals that they care about, only just for the simple fact that they want to be able to get a vote, they want to be able to get into office. But then once they get into office, uh, very little is ever done, I do not see that changing one bit. As a matter of fact, depending upon certain candidates, if they do win the election, then, you know, we definitely will fall by the wayside. So when when you mention, like, the candidates like Hillary Clinton, what about the fact that Hillary Clinton has served in the capacity of being a first lady already? What about the fact that she served as a senator already? How about the fact that she's also elevated to be secretary and dealing with international and bringing the international uh, experience of how you deal with things diplomatically on the highest level, probably just beneath the president itself. So how do you look at all of these credentials of what Hillary Clinton is bringing to the table and then sit there and say that she's not to be trusted or that she's not qualified to be the president? How can you say that, honestly? Uh, Well, I I say that we can't be remiss in in – forgetting all of the things that Hillary did while her husband was in office, all of the things in which she supported her husband in and the, the, uh, the bills in which he passed and, and the legislations uh, in which he, he passed or was instrumental in passing that she was in support of. Uh, we can't be remiss in forgetting those things uh, because these are the things that she might be able to uh, kind of sneak back in uh, if we are not careful. Uh, Hillary obviously ran against uh, uh, President Obama um, back in 2012, and at that point in time, um, you know, Hillary was very anti-Obama, and and, I mean, and and I guess in some ways, you know, that's to be expected. Um, 
her being Secretary of State was just an appointment that Obama, you know, offered to her. Um, but I don't necessarily think in which, um, you know, it was something where it was a big, a big deal that she became Secretary of State. I mean, you look at her, uh, her issues um, of foreign policy, um, you know, has been a bit less than stellar to say the least. Um, I, I think ultimately, you know, Hillary is 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 not to be trusted in the black community. Mainly off of the strength of some of her uh, things that her husband previously did, and that she was in support of. I just don't think that you know, and, and perhaps maybe she has evolved. Uh, I'll give her that. Maybe she has evolved, but I don't think that she's evolved enough to the point in which she uh, is able to to be trusted by the black community, or that she should be trusted by the black community. Hmm. So, okay. Um, first of all, Brother Ankh, if you can bring Brother Ben into the conversation, that would be great. So as, as we're dealing with uh, Hillary Clinton, we'll definitely we'll put her on black ice for a minute. Mm-hmm. No, we have to find on, some me... type of – go ahead, Brother Ankh. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. My fault. My What's good? What's good, brother? Black African power. Spears is flying through those crimes. <laughs> Spears are flying. You got it. Hey, y'all already know what it is, man. I was just enjoying the, the dialogue and in agreement that we can't trust none of these candidates. And want to give a big shout out to Brother Asari Motel doing his thing at the ASCAT conference, building those bridges, and, uh, you know, doing what we got to do. Yes, mm-hmm. sir, Brother Ben. Thank you so much for joining the conversation. So, as, as we're moving on, we have to come to the realization that we have to find some type of of a person that's going to work in our interest. You can't be honestly saying that we can't trust a single solitary candidate. I mean, what about Bernie Sanders? We're talking about somebody who is trying to deal with us from the grassroots level. We're talking about the Bernie Sanders who's been on the front line of the civil rights that's dealing with African-American people for 40 and 50 years consistently, walk with Martin Luther King trying to walk there to make sure that we could get the rights that we enjoy today, the liberties and the freedoms that we have today. What is it about Bernie Sanders that you could actually go against when he has proven that he has been working on behalf of African-American people for 50-plus years now? Now, with, with Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders does have my my support. Uh, I actually, earlier today, went to a rally that uh, Bernie Sanders was a part of, or the rally was centered around him, I should say. And I appreciate and I respect Bernie Sanders' appeal. I appreciate and respect uh, the areas in which he's trying to go, and not only just to support uh, the betterment of the black community, but just overall. Uh, As a college student, I can appreciate and definitely get behind the fact that Bernie Sanders wants to have a free school for um, public universities and colleges. I don't want to be an individual that after I have worked on my undergrad and graduate and PhD studies, that I have $300,000 worth of, of student debt. So I can appreciate someone like a Bernie Sanders who is out there fighting for, for, that that change that needs to come to where people like myself and 
hundreds of thousands of other individuals are not emboldened to so much debt at the end of the day. I can appreciate him from a a bit of a socialist standpoint in that, hey, you know what, we need to raise, uh, you know, minimum wage to $15. People need to have a livable earned income, you know. Uh, so out of all of the other candidates, he would be the one that I would definitely support. He would be the one that I would say, you know, we really need to get behind this man. And I understand that, you know, Hillary has a, you know, two to one, maybe three to one margin in a lot of states. I know here in Ohio, uh, she is leading him um, in double digits. Uh, I, I think she's uh, at least a two to one favorite uh, in Ohio. However, I really think that, you know, with, with Sanders, with his plan, as you mentioned, with his past relationships with Dr. King, uh, with the civil rights movement of actually being down there in the grassroots, you know, that is something that we can get behind. It's something that we should get behind. And it's something that we should be able to appreciate out of this man and, and really, you know, listening to his message and finding out where is he trying to go with us, where is he trying to take us, and will this be for our best benefit? Mm, now that's that's a very interesting take on that. So is Bernie Sanders the lesser of two evils? Is he a good devil? Or is Bernie Sanders a legitimate candidate and somebody that we should actually say, you know what, I'm going to trust him with my vote. I'm going to trust him to lead this country and, you know, and, and take us to where we need to go. Which one is it? Is he a lesser of two evils, or is it someone that we should legitimately trust as a candidate and working on our behalf, brother? Well, I think that he's somebody that we that we definitely should trust as a legitimate candidate. Uh, and I apologize if 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 my uh, first answer uh, came across as if it was uh, including Bernie Sanders while excluding everyone else. Uh, oh no 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 no! You did an excellent job. No, go continue. No, uh, I I would say like as far as you know, obviously the Trumps, the the Cruises, the the Clintons, those individuals, absolutely not. For Bernie Sanders and being able to be at a rally where he was speaking and really understanding where he was coming from and hearing it from his mouth and not you know just the talking points on MSNBC or CNN or whatever, you know he's. I would not put him in the category of being uh, the lesser of two evils. I would put him in the category of being someone who on Tuesday I personally will be voting for. Come tomorrow I will be out canvassing trying to get people to register to vote for him because I do see that he has um, a, a, a progressive mind. I see that he is – He's in the cap- he's in he's in the position to really push forward a lot of the things that we have been waiting on, mm-hmm. e- you know, even through to some degree, even through the Obama administration, not any fault of Obama per se, but things that we have really been waiting on as far as you know, uh, better health care, uh, better uh, uh, wages at, at at our jobs, um, you know, better uh, schooling and so on. So. You know, the shorthand to answer your question, I definitely think that he is someone that we should support, that we should trust. I don't see where he would be the type of person that would get bullied out of a lot of his stances. Uh, and so that, yeah, he, he's he's definitely getting my vote. 
Okay, okay. Now, what is wrong with a candidate like Donald Trump? And this is why I asked that particular question. If you're an African living in America, you have to come to the realistic conclusion that this society hates you. Mm-hmm. You have to come to the realistic conclusion that they want you dead. And what Donald Trump is bringing to the table, just in his rallies alone, is you are bringing and he's showing and highlighting exactly how they feel about you. Mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders may just be delaying the inevitable. So is that to our best interest to have a candidate that's going to appease to us, somebody who's going to make us feel good and, and, and keep on covering up exactly how these people feel about us? At a Donald Trump rally, you're getting exactly how they feel about you. You're getting it from a candidate who has no reason to lie to you because he doesn't need your money. He has the business savvy to understand exactly what it would take in order to say, you know what, let's deal with this country and not deal with that country unless you're going to bring jobs to America first. Mm -hmm. And deal with a candidate who's giving you the raw, uncut version of how white America feels about you as an African man. So can't you say that, you know what, I can respect the fact that Donald Trump is not going to have any reason to lie to me since he doesn't need my money, and he's giving it to me raw, and this is exactly what the people think, and I'm just saying exactly what the people think. What do you think about that, brother? I I think that if Donald Trump would stop being a coward about the things that he does and the things that he says and his intentions – then I would be able to respect that man. I wouldn't agree with him. I would never agree with his views, but I would at least be able to stand and say, you know what, I I at least respect that he has the, the courage of his convictions. However, the issue with Donald Trump is that he does not retain that courage. He does not retain the the wherewithal to just admit the things that he sees around him on a, on a continuous basis. He ultimately passes the blame he shifts the buck if you will and true his supporters are very vocal about how they feel about us as black individuals in america he on the other hand as the ringleader of all of this tends to shy away from you know the things in which he's creating a prime example of this is in the the just ridiculous idea or the ridiculous notion that he has absolutely no idea what white supremacy is. I cannot, for the life of me, understand how an individual who benefits directly, you know, from white supremacy through capitalism and other means has no conceptualized idea about what white supremacy is. I can't respect a person like that. Okay, because at that point, he's just trying to jack us around and dance around the subjects of which he's already planted the seeds. I, I, I'm, I'm more inclined to just say, you know what, hey, I would rather this person tell me to my face how they feel about me than tell somebody else behind my back how they feel about me. With that being said, I think that Donald Trump is such a – a dangerous individual that we really need to start taking seriously 
not only just because of the fact that he's planting these seeds in these individuals and he's sending them out, he's shipping them out and saying, hey, you go out and you spew all of my hatred. But at the end of the day, he's not reliable on his word. And if he's not reliable on his word here, then he's definitely not going to be reliable on his word in foreign policy. And I've had this conversation with a few people, and I've I've kind of looked at it from this standpoint. So what says us as 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 just citizens, but more so what what says it of his followers? If Donald Trump is elected, and all of a sudden all of the um, enemies of 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 the United States decide that they're going to band together and they're going to come and they're going to attack America. Donald Trump has absolutely no military experience. He has absolutely no foreign policy experience. And now you have all of these countries who he has pretty much alienated, including sovereign countries like Mexico that he is now alienating. And now you have all of these countries coming over and they are attacking America. Do they honestly think, do his his followers honestly think that we, the people that he has insulted, would ever be on their side? You know, and and it's it's things like this, and we really have to start taking this into a more of a, of a global contrast and a global picture, and just saying, okay, it's not just about us here. It's going to end up being about people overseas that already don't just don't like us, and now he's in office. They're 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 chomping at the bits. They're salivating for an opportunity to come over and test his mantle. I think that he will fail miserably. Mm. Let me get in here, brother Ish. Let, let, of course, me, brother. Uncle, of course, brother. Let, let me break up the voting party for a minute. Let me see. White people might read. Black people should and need to read all the time. But Negro parents never read. So I'm not really expecting people to be educated enough on the subject matter to even begin to understand who they think they should vote for. And by the way, that's not how voting works in America any damn way. You don't just pick a candidate and run out there. I like him. I think he's going to be a good master for me and just vote for him. That don't make no damn sense. Nope. The homosexuals didn't do it, right, when they voted for Barack Obama. The Spanish community didn't do it when they voted for, for Barack Obama. They all sat down at the table and they made demands and they put their damn money where their mouth was. On the other hand, we run around here trying to pick which good white guy to vote for. Bunch of crap, right? The thing is rigged and it's fixed. Money talking bullshit walk. So if you ain't sat down and put money on 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 a candidate, whether it's Trump, I'll vote for Trump, I'll vote for Hillary, I'll vote for anybody that's going to deal with our information that we need to get pushed forward to help the black community. Because at the end of the day, they don't care about you anyway. Because money talking bullshit walk, and you got to deal with the candidate that's going to best push your ideas forward, that's going to help you community. That's the game. That's why they call it politics. And by the way, they took the cap off how much money you can give them. So now, unlimited amount of money, right? So the fix is definitely in. So if you're thinking, you know what I'm saying, you're going to get old Bernie Sanders, and you're going to do, get out of here with that crap. You know what I'm saying? If you're thinking Hillary is there for you, that's even worse because we know that when you really get deep into the issues of what the Clintons did, more black people was locked up in prisons under that administration. And he's supposed to have been the first black president. Bunch of bullshit. Barack Obama, I'm, I'm thinking he cool, but he ain't the black president neither. And everybody keeps saying this shit. Last time I checked, he had a white mother and a black father. So I ain't no cut cards. He's mixed. 
So at the end of the day, look, man, we ain't putting no money nowhere on this thing. So really, we sideline cheerleaders hoping for something. So no, brother Unk won't be running out there until we act mature in the situation, sit down with some candidates, right, push the goddamn Reverend Pork Chop the hell out the way because they get what they want out of these candidates. Right, push them out the way and sit down with some serious leadership and have a real conversation of money, because we got plenty bread, and we can put our money on the candidate we want, whether it be Trump, whether it be Hillary, whether it be old Bernie there. So I'm saying let's just keep it real, right? And enough of the politics. Anybody else want to speak on the subject? Yeah, yeah, uh, I want to chime in on it, brother. Uh, I've been looking at Bernie Sanders uh, for a minute. Because uh, of his policies And uh, you know Brother Ish you asked that question earlier Is he the uh, I can't remember how exactly you put it But is he like the uh, The devil we know basically I'm asking is he the lesser uh, of two evils Or is he a legitimate candidate Yes yes And uh, I would say yes I would say he is the lesser Of two evils Because there's some things that he stands for that I totally agree with, and then there's some things that he stands for that I absolutely don't agree with. Like uh, Mr. Sanders has been on record of not supporting reparations for black people. So yes, he has. So me, as an African man, you already got lost my life. Told you. Told you. In the first two seconds, you lost my vote. Don't pan. He's also for higher taxes. You lost my vote again. I personally believe we've been taxed enough in this country. So, I mean, although he has great policies, he doesn't seem to be corrupt by the big bankers. He doesn't seem to be getting paid like these other cop politicians are. If you ain't trying to give my people reparations after this country has given Germany, Japan, and a whole host of other nations, some wars we had nothing to do with, but they got money. And you ain't trying to support African reparations? You can get the hell out of my face. That's just brass tax. It's just how I feel about it. And, you know, like Brother Unk said, we ain't backing none of these candidates with no money. And like you said, money talks. So until we, as African people, fund a candidate like us, we put the money in his pocket, go tour, go do your rallies, go do all that, because we want our best interests when you get in the White House, until we do that, you can, you can cancel Christmas because as much of a candidate wants to do something to affect the world, to change the world, see, people don't understand. When you get in office, they got a plan for you. You thought you just had a plan, but they got a plan for you as well. And the last president that rebelled against this plan didn't even make it to his second term. Who would that be? And what what president was that? Yeah, that would yeah. Be what John guy F. would Kennedy. that be? Oh man, you got that all twisted too. John F. Kennedy won for y'all. Man, get your homework, man. We're gonna do a uh, John F. Kennedy won for y'all at all, man. Read the record. Read the words. I couldn't hear what you were saying, brother. I said, Mr. Kennedy, John yeah. F. Kennedy. Yes. Wasn't for black people. That's the gas. The no, I'm not saying he was. You got to read the policy. I said, I'm saying he went against the system that was in place. Mm. He was quoted okay. as saying that there was a plot to enslave every man, woman, and child 
in this country, and I'm going to expose it. That was seven days before his assassination. I didn't say he was for black people as a generally, but he was against the system that was in place. And you see what they did to him. So if, so if you got a person that's just against the system, you see what they did to him. So imagine if you had a candidate that was saying that I'm going to do some things for the black people because it's their turn. What would happen to him? Mm. Well, well, I, 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 uh, I if, you, if you don't mind, I definitely would like to jump in. You vote for Hillary Clinton. Oh, sure, brother. <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead, brother Sadat. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead, brother. <laughs> Uh, I want to I, I want to give two quotes. Uh, first quote is is from uh, Frederick Douglass, and the, and the second quote is from Yar. Uh, Frederick Douglass once said that power can power can seize nothing without a demand. Okay, and so before we ever sit down at the political table, we have to have a set of demands in which we are readily going to make available upon sitting down at that table. A lot of the times the problem in the black community is that we get caught up in the verbiage of politics. You know, our lives matter every four years to the politicians who come to our neighborhoods and campaign for a vote from us and then turn around and do absolutely nothing once they get that vote. We see that time and time again on the local level, the state level, and the national level. So until we demand certain provisions on our behalf and do not waver on those those provisions, then ultimately the politics will continue to still go on and we will continue to keep playing second fiddle to all of these politicians who only want to come in every four years, get our vote, go to Washington with our vote, and then forget about us. You know, the the, 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 the second point that I wanted to make is a quote from from FDR who who basically, you know, underscored the differences between political freedom and economic freedom when he said political freedom means economic freedom. You know, uh, we we tend to have what I would like to call uh um an idea of of free enterprise when it comes down to to voting. And, and what I mean by free enterprise is that we will give our free votes and do absolutely nothing with that and, and really gain nothing from that. Uh, and, and, and another way of putting it, I'll just, I'll just kind of put it from this standpoint. Um, we're economically deficient, okay? And we're asking people who are economically free to give us our political freedom with our free vote, and that's never going to work. Because we're just giving away something and really getting absolutely nothing back in return. And so I agree with, with the with the stance of, you know, uh, money talks and and we know what the rest of that is. Bull, yeah, because at the end of the day, ball. yes, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, there's a reason why Donald Trump. Yeah, there's a reason why Donald Trump is is in the lead, and there's a reason why Donald Trump is gaining that much exposure. It's money. If Donald Trump didn't have money, Donald Trump wouldn't be where he is right now today. You know, absolutely. So, so we really got to look at it from that standpoint. That man got money, and he has money to to raise the ire of white people who don't got money, and that's the difference between them and us. You know, and that's always been the difference between them and us. 
poor white people can get away with a lot of the stuff that we can't get away with. Donald Trump can get away with a lot of the stuff that poor white people can get away with, and so, you know, there you have it. So until, again, we start to demand, you know, these provisions like what uh, Frederick Douglass was saying, what what are we going to do? Just wait for the next four years, uh, you know, to come around and, and hope that, you know, our Savior is going to come again? And we, we really have to start looking at it from that standpoint. Well, I, I, would say that, I, I would say that the three words on Frederick Douglass' tombstone is agitate, agitate, agitate. Absolutely. So we have we have to, on the grassroots level, agitate the hell out of all of them. So I would say that what's wrong with trying to support a ticket like Ted Cruz and, and, and Rubio? What are what are what are they doing that's that's so bad as far as what the candidates can offer? You're dealing with Latino candidates who have a vested interest in understanding where the minorities are going through and being able to navigate within the political field with vast experience and they don't have a vested interest in trying to rob uh either side. We have to remember that the KKK was set up by the Democratic Party. We have to keep in mind that Martin Luther King was a Republican. He was not a Democrat. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, perhaps you can find Republican candidates who are going to return you back to pull yourself up by the bootstraps as opposed to just handing out everything in that liberal uh, mindset, understanding the fact that it takes self-sufficiency in order to move and advance in this country. We have people that come to this country and bypass us instantly because they will instantly touch ground and have a work ethic already involved. They will have a future or a culture already infused within them where they will unify. So my question would be to all of you, what is the biggest impediment to our unity? What is the biggest impediment unity? Whoo! Man, that's a good question. A million dollar question. <laughs> pseudoism. <laughs> <laughs> Misinformation oh, yeah. and pseudoisms. Lack of study and detail. You know what I'm saying? Flying through the air, expecting things to happen for you. Special powers. Not recognizing that you live on planet Earth under the banner of nature. Keeps you separated from the reality that we're in trouble and we've been in trouble for the last five, six hundred years when they first snatched us up and kidnapped us, recognize that we've been in trouble and everything has changed and nothing is different. We refuse to recognize the truth that nature has brought us, that if we don't work together to fight against the oppression, racism, white supremacy, that we're done. If we don't support ourselves, we will die. Not, not might die, but will will die. The best thing we got is our culture. And going back to our culture and understanding exactly who and what we are on this planet prior to monotheism, which destroyed the ancient model. I just want to kind of bring that in there a little bit. I'm going to say it again. Look at the success rate of African people prior to monotheism. Read Mark Bunnell's work, book one, in the forward, and he talks about how monotheism destroyed cultures. Mm. This is not just Brother Mm -hmm. Owens talking. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm telling you exactly what really happened, right, and what we need to fix it. 
So so as we try to fight a reality with some non-reality pseudoisms, right? Remember the European community and Russia, German, everywhere, they fight against pseudoisms regularly with a bigger, unseen, unknown mankind. This I promise you this because it destroys the economy. It destroys the science. Yes. It puts you in a position of being vulnerable. You can't yes. even think about taking time to study a candidate well enough to sit down with what you really need because you think it's going to fall out the sky. Mm-hmm. Or you come with some kind of pseudo plan, numbers don't add up, ain't nothing right, and you fall. So it might not sound like I'm making no damn sense, but look around you. You will not find the Koreans, they were well organized, right, in getting mm-hmm. the quote-unquote hair care industry and actually selling your culture to you. They didn't use pseudoism. They recognized exactly who you were. They recognized that you created wigs and the hair care business. They recognized how much you loved your hair. That was through a, a, a well-organized critique on who and what you were. It wasn't based off of pseudoism. See? So that's what I got to say to that. So that's, that's based on the design of your desire for the hair, your desire for the nails, whatever, and then being able to capitalize on understanding what your habits are. Yep. It's called target yep. marketing. Mm. Mm. Yep. Okay. What do well, you want to say, Brother Ben? Brother said, yeah, please uh, do. Yes, sir. Because he said uh, pseudoisms, which I totally agree with. And I would add religion. And I'm not saying that we all have to be the same religion. But we have to be able, as Marcus Garvey said, we're a people of petty differences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what he was talking about is the religion. I can uh, remember one instance that me and Brother Unk were at when we were at uh, the Unity March in Bankhead. And it was a beautiful thing for a while. We had, uh, you know, Christians, mm-hmm. gang members, uh, you know, Bloods, Crips, GDs, folks. Islam, Hebrews, we had some of everything out there, right? And for a while, it was it was all working until somebody brought up the the topic of religion, and we all turned on each other real fast. <laughs> Who brought this? Real fast. <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna say who. <laughs> Who brought that up? <laughs> but it was brought up, and it, and it got out of hand really ben, fast. Huh? Ben, that's not why. Tell the truth. I, I simply got on okay, there and okay. I said we it need was, to take. It was, it remember, was I said, hold on, hold on. I said we need to take an economic stand, right? I said we need to empower ourselves, right? We, we yeah. need to uh, fund ourselves. Right, and if a person I agree with you to support the community when they start a business, yo, deal with them. Remember, I said that. Correct. And the crazy guy mm-hmm. who was stuck back in the fifties with the nation of Islam bullshit jumped up yeah, there with that I, bullshit. And yeah, then, and then, and then, after he jumped with that bullshit, trying to defeat everything I said, then the Orthodox Muslims jumped up with that bullshit. Yeah, it was, and then it was the, the, truth the, came the Sunnis out. came, and 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 it was a. The truth came out. The truth came so out. I'm not saying we all, all that was some bullshit, religion, right? But the truth came out. That's all yeah, you right. The truth came you're out. Right. See, we was all acting like we was together, but niggas, we really wasn't. <laughs> See, that's what I can't take. I can't take that. And I say, look, brother, I don't want to talk about religion. This is not the place. I said, you don't even know who you're talking to. 
when you want to start talking about religion. Please, I don't want to have that conversation. Didn't I, Ben? Remember that, right? Yeah, I remember. I remember. But go ahead, though, Ben. It uh, it, uh, it all came crumbling down fast. Uh, <laughs> but we was all unified <laughs> for a second. But, you know, you start bringing up economics and, and you know, real-life stuff. And I guess some people did took offense because they didn't hear their religion a part of it. Yeah. And that just it so, just brought all the walls yeah. down. So, and so I'm not saying we have to all be the same religion. I mean, I meet hundreds of people nope. that don't believe or practice the same, uh, you know, the same things that I believe in. But we have to be willing to give a realistic state or realistic perspective of the situation that we're in and say, you know what? We ain't gonna do it with one religion. We gotta be you gotta be willing to, to basically check your religion or your beliefs against reality. And if you can't do that, I mean, you know, you need to leave it at the door. So so the question goes out to, to Brother Sadat. What do you think is our biggest impediment as far as stopping us from our from our unity, brother? Uh I, I think I think it's it's capitalism. I mean, every single answer I definitely agree with. From my, my perspective, mm, I look at it from point. a capitalistic standpoint. You know, we are so wrapped up in this mentality and this psychological mentality that we just have to be like the white folks because the white folks got everything, you know. There's so many black people in, in, in the black neighborhoods who live in run-down, disenfranchised neighborhoods, but... They got a whole bunch of stuff that they don't need. And that is an impediment uh, upon us because it's a psychological disadvantage. You know, we spend so much time wanting and craving things to make ourselves look better or feel better or, or you know, whatever what may have you. And at the end of the day, you know, where is that really getting us on an educational level? Where is that getting us on a social level? Where is that getting us on an economic level? You know, there, there's something that needs to be said for the fact that black people are the biggest money generators in the country, and yet mm-hmm. we earn less than one percent, less than one percent of, of the total wealth. I mean, like, I just, I just don't, I don't really understand how, or, or, or we, we basically have as a collective, you know, force less than one percent. And I do not understand how, on one hand, we can generate so much money, and then on the other hand, that money is just so quickly, you know, distributed out of our community. So I think that one of the biggest hindrances of of our of our overall growth is economics, is capitalism, is this need to want to belong to the capitalistic society, and not knowing that white supremacy and the so-called U.S. democracy is tied into capitalism. You know, I've I've always said capitalism only works for those who got the capital. We don't have the capital, thus capitalism doesn't work for us. We need to get our black asses out of the arena of capitalism. It don't work for us. It never has and never will. At least not on on a on a just universal I, I level. I totally agree. I totally agree. Capitalism is an absolute. And, and I would mm. definitely, I would definitely say that that's definitely a a, a good um, thing to emphasize in in understanding that. I would I would encourage our listeners. If somebody 
um, mute their phone a little bit. Um, I would encourage for for the listeners to really study what transpired when they um, destroyed Black Wall Street, and for mm-hmm. the and for the people who study that, understand the fact that when they had made their attack to destroy Black Wall Street, the United States Army was used to cut all communications to this particular town, making sure that there was no communication that was coming in, not only blocking off the roads, of course, but stopping all phones and making sure that it was totally isolated, understanding the fact that the power of the economics within Black Wall Street, we're talking about a dollar that was circulating between, we'll say, between 15 to sometimes as much as over 1,000 times before it ever even left that community. So it means that that $1 circulated within that community for up to a year and a half before it even left that community. And and that that society was set up so effective that it was the envy of other people that were fixated on destroying it because they were so mad that black people were self-sufficient on how they were conducting their business and being um, focused on their economics and the power of African economics being self-sufficient and independent. So study Black Wall Street and exactly why not only did they just destroy that, but they destroyed black townships all over America by design in Florida, in different other parts of Oklahoma. So our economics is definitely something that we were robbed of. In shifting gears on this particular um, show, you have um, a very good and unique focus on – Egyptology. So explain to us a little bit about your expertise on what you focus on regarding uh, Egyptology, Brother Sadat. Sure. Uh, What I am uh, focusing on in Egyptology is the study of ancient Egypt, and uh, I haven't gotten into any uh, particular excavations, if you will, but the overall study of, of ancient Egypt, more so along the lines of you know, how did ancient Egypt become what it was as far as the dominant force uh, globally at that point in time? And then ultimately, how did it succumb to, you know, a lot of the invasions, um, just the infighting, uh, a lot of the exterior uh, destructions, and so on. My fascination with uh, ancient Egypt also mirrors what my overall study is and what my work as far as my PhD will be and ultimately teaching on a higher level of ancient African civilization. Uh, one of the things that I do caution black people about is to not be so caught up in the romanticism of ancient Egypt. What I mean by that is we tend to look at how Western civilization or Euro-American civilization has painted Egypt. And from that, we think that Egypt is such this, this glory. And it was a very glorious place. We look at it in, in almost this, this magnificent uh, fantasy type of way. And by doing that, we tend to forget every other nation, every other culture that existed on the African continent. And while I'm not saying that we should not appreciate and value ancient Egypt for what it was, but I'm while not saying that, what I am ultimately saying is that we should also look at 
Africa as as just a major continent and not just one particular section as being the overall, you know, story or the overarching story of what Africa and the continent of Africa really was and and is to a certain degree to this day. Mm. Well, all right. Now, I agree with you on that, but what I like to say is, oh, I think at times we need to romanticize. Not trying to go against you, brother, but everybody romanticizes. Like, they romanticize about the damn Greeks all the time. The Jews romanticize about the Hebrews all the time. So I think it's healthy to romanticize about your cultures. You just got to have enough qualified people that can give you the authentic history. The Jews understand very well that there weren't any Hebrews in in Egypt. But some crazy Negro pins on the corners of North America will argue down. Mm-hmm. Because they romanticize, but they don't have history to go with that. And so it's important for us to romanticize, but you also have to have the history behind it. And so yes. we know no place in the world is perfect and all that. But the, the, the romanticizing... Right and, and 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 giving yourself a up, at least in your mind mentally, as long as you stable in your conclusions, right? That's always healthy. You see, all people do it. You see, the Chinese do it, Japanese do it, everybody do it. But you can't do it to death. It has to be somebody out in that. And I think that's what we lost the game. So you're right in your conclusion that you can't just look at it as being this flawless civilization. That's why the squad, we don't look at it like that. We really get into the details on what it is, yeah. how it functions. Brother Smash, where you at, Smash? You must have blanked out. Is he still on line? Where you at, Ujau? Where you at, Ujau? Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to chime in on that. Um, and I, yeah, you, you, got, you, pretty much, you pretty much said what I was going to say was um, I agree with um, Brother Sadat. Um I have a little uh, disagreement with it, but I, I, don't th- I don't think we ultimately disagree with each other. So by that I mean that I, f- I feel that it's healthy to uh, magnify or to show the magnificence of um, the Nile Valley civilization, the culture of Kemet, Egypt, um, the same way that Europeans do for Greeks and, and the Japanese, I mean the Chinese do for China, so on and so forth. But I, I think the issue is is that we're not the ones that's doing it. Because in 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 what in your comment, um, you were you you basically that's what you said. The Europeans are the ones that are are bringing forth the romanticism and even the commercialization of Egypt. So because we're not in control of it and we're not the ones doing it to guide it and dictate it, then it becomes a problem. But romanticizing in and of itself, all cultures um, do it. It's it's even tied into their uh, mythos and narratives uh, many times um, itself. So I think we have to make that distinction. And um and, and to safeguard against that, I, I think the approach that we have is that we don't we don't fall for the for the um okie doke, the uh, commercialization or the romanticism. This is why we study the culture um scientifically. You know, I deal with the language itself, um and and, and that gives us a, that opens the way to, to the psychology of the people. And but I did have a question for you, um, Brother Sadat was was um, based on you said your focus of your study, and I was wondering if if part of your study or your interest is is in um, how Kemet 
because we earlier we talked about uh, unification, and we know that Kemet uh, basically is a geographical um, territory of about 4,000 miles of the length of the Nile, or maybe less, a little less. But in that period of time, 5,000 years ago, it would seem impossible to to um, unify such a large geographical area of people. So it's one of your focuses to study how that um, how that occurred. What what was the mechanism? What was the procedures and methods to to create some kind of administration that caught the attention of so many of the people in order for them to fall in line or to or to be a continuous nation? Um, pretty much, you know, outside of the intermediate periods and the infighting, it was pretty much a continuous nation for three thousand plus odd years. So I'm, I'm asking you, you know, is that part of your your um, research? Uh, yes, actually, it, it is a part of uh, it is a a part of my research, uh, just as far as studying the the old kingdom, middle kingdom, new kingdom, um, how those just kind of uh, transact with each other, how the old kingdom rose to its, its great prominence, obviously with the building of the pyramids and so on, uh, the creation of the bureaucracy system and such, and then just kind of moving along from there as declined, uh, the Middle Kingdom coming, and then ultimately the the uh, New Kingdom coming. Um, so that is an area in which I am definitely uh, uh, have a vested interest in. Uh, that is an area in which I, I definitely will be Focusing uh, a great deal of my ancient African civilization studies on, uh, and then ultimately uh, just what led to the overall rise and fall, uh, you know, of, of Egypt even beyond, you know, that that particular uh, time frame. Um, I think you know one of the things that, uh, as as someone who studies ancient Egypt, is trying to uh, compare the the strength of of ancient Egypt in contrast to let's say the strength of of ancient Rome. You know, a lot of times we are uh, we we know more about ancient Rome than what we know about ancient Egypt. You know, and, and so what I am ultimately trying to do is just really get a better understanding of ancient Egypt. Um, you know. And really just kind of uh, doing some comparisons, uh, some comparisons yeah. between, you know, what was Egypt? Uh, how was Egypt? How how did Egypt uh, build itself to be this, this glorious nation, this um, uh, metropolis area, if you will? And, you know, why did it attract so many people, both, you know, uh, traders and then individuals who wanted to constantly invade them? There, 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 there's something very mystique and curious about Egypt in the fact that it withstood, uh, you know, just just so much. And even still to this day, I mean, it's it's still, you know, out of I think almost any other ancient civilization, it's still pretty much one of the only ones that's still surviving, you know, in modern times. And that, and that, that says a lot, uh, you know, about the – the way in which Egypt was able to withstand everything that was being thrown its way and still come out of it, and you know we have what we have today out of out of modern day Egypt. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's good. Um, I, I just want to make this comment as well. Um, I think that a lot of people need to understand 
that when people do speak about Egypt or Kemet, uh, I'm hearing this in a lot of in, in the conversation, not not tonight, but in other people's conversations, that we tend to forget that Egypt was a confederacy of many different communities um, coming from uh, different areas in Africa. So sometimes people will miss that, and and then they will be kind of anti-glorification of Egypt because they look at it as this this mono-ethnic uh, nation when it wasn't. It was it was it was comprised of a confederacy of communities that come under a a banner. It was it was for lack of a better word, it was like the the first United States, you know, the first um, confederacy mm-hmm. basically. Um, that lasted mm-hmm. that long, so I think people need to really uh, just be reminded of that uh, because Egypt represents many different African communities, even though we just say the one word Kemet or Egypt and things like mm-hmm. that. So we just got to kind of keep that in mind. That's a good point, right there, bro. They they talk about the Greeks and how you know different provinces and Greece and all that came together, the Spartans and all that nonsense. How they come together and. You know, and they never talk about um, they never talk about Kemet like that in those terms. Because if they do, it would force you and wonder how was it that four thousand one hundred miles, right, had these people, different ethnic groups, different languages, right? How was it that they put that together? And then you would un- with different religions. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like seriously. Different ways of looking at things, different deity, di- different uh, 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 looks at nature, and have the ability to come together like that, man. That was spectacular, and, and they know they never right. they never allow you to look at it from that point. And then they, they get the economics going like that, like man, like see that's some that's a serious case study that always needs to be had, right? And you know what I'm saying? Where you at? Um, you got another man? You at, bro? Man. Yeah, I'm right here. Um, yeah, want to ask something? Else? Yeah, nice to meet you, sir. I just want to um, ask you a question, then, with your study. Um, do you study the like the structure pertaining to how they grew food? Was there an agricultural hunter-gatherer type of culture? Do you really sum that up in your um, in your studies? And also, do you get into the Coptic history within your studies? And what is your take on the origins of the um, the, the Coptic influence? Uh, I have not gotten into the Coptic influence just yet. Uh, as far as the hunter-gatherer, the agriculture of of Egypt and then just the the area around there, uh, I have. And I I found that it's it's very interesting that, you know, there was just so many different elements to um, agriculture. Obviously, agriculture was, you know, at its height in an ancient time in Egypt. Uh, And so with that being said, uh, it's just really fascinating how, you know, we went from, a hunter-gatherer, you know, to the next level and the next level and so on. Uh, So I I have studied 
um, you know, quite a bit in that area. As far as the Coptic, uh, I haven't quite gotten into that uh, just yet. Um, I, I'm sure that I will here, you know, very, very soon. Uh, but overall, I, I've I've always found it a bit uh, fascinating how, you know, Egypt was able to maintain so many different elements of agriculture um, and just kind of align all of those within its many nation states. Mm. That's a good point because um, not only with the language can we see the diversity, because you have a unity of diversity, basically. That's what Simitawi or Kemet um, would exemplify. Um, but then you see that in the language, but you see that in the modes of production, pastoralism, hunter-gatherer, and then the um, agriculture, with agriculture being the, the dominant uh, one. But you still, like you said, you see the elements, uh, you see the other elements in there as well, even within the teeth the um, signs and symbols used for the language, different words used in the, within the language, and even in the archaeology and the record what survived. So, you know, and that was good, a good point. Um, that, And I think kind of ties into the original comment about the romanticism. See, it's, it's the lens that is projected out of because when you discuss Greece, Greece they, they speak about it as a, as a unification, you know, like you said, the Spartans and whatever uh, coming together or whatever the case is. But in Egypt, it's just this mono-ethnic people. You know, even today, people are wondering, okay, who are the Egyptians, who are the descendants of the Egyptians today? And then people will, will still do the mono thing, like, oh, they're the Beja people. And then you got everybody claiming to be the Egyptians instead of understanding that it was, it was comprised of uh, several ethnic communities mm-hmm. that, you know, that would include the Beja people of today or include the Kalajan uh, people, uh, the Luo speakers of today and Bant, some Bantu um, speakers of today and so on and so forth. So I think that these things need to be um, reminded. I think people need to be reminded of these things so we can romanticize in the proper way. <laughs> So, uh, brother, mm-hmm. I have I have a question on on the on the way that the information is being uh, uh, taught within the universities. Are the universities coming from Egypt from a perspective of Sumer or from that northern area? Are they coming from the accurate Nilo-Saharan or maybe the Aswan, and then going up or following the Nile in its proper in, in its in its true history? In which way? teaching it in the universities, and how do you resolve the information if it becomes in conflict with the truth? Well, with that, I think that at least from the way in which I have studied Egypt, the way in which it has been presented to me has been presented in the proper way, and in that being that it's going up and then just kind of disseminating from there. A lot of times... A lot of times it, you will find that Egypt is taught incorrectly in the sense that it's looked at from a kind of an extension of European history, which is completely wrong, you know, because obviously we have Egyptian history way before we have European history. And so, you know, you, you tend to find conflicting views on the way in which Egypt is presented, how it should be presented, uh, and so on. I think one of the best things that, uh, you know, university levels 
can start doing is really just getting a fundamental base on how they're going to present Egypt and then just rolling with it from there. And it needs to be from the correct standpoint. Uh, I, I think, and, and what, I've, what I've always found is that as soon as you get into college, everything that you thought that you knew about Egypt, you didn't really know. You know, I grew up in a uh, devout church home. We watched the Ten Commandments every year around Easter, and that was my perception of what Egypt was. Egypt was, you know, white Charleston Heston playing Moses, you know. Right, right, This this goes into, again, the idea of cautioning ourselves when we romanticize about Egypt, the proper information to go along with that. A lot of times we tend to just see Egypt as being nothing but gods, kings, and queens, and pharaohs, and all of that. When Egypt was so much more complex, so much more, you know, uh, you know, splintered, if you will, and not splintered in a way in which you just, you know, you just have all of this stuff running amok, but just it, it was, it was a more, it was a more complex state than just pyramids, sphinx, pharaohs were done, you know. Uh, and so, what I have been learning about Egypt, what I have been taught about Egypt um, from my professors who have actually been over to Egypt is the right way in which to present Egypt, is the right way to look at Egypt so that we no longer have to look at it from the lens of Euro-American interpretations and even from the wrong African, uh, you know, instructions and interpretations. Yes, sir. What would yes, that sir. What would that, what would that yeah. be? Yeah. Right. Good Good Your question. Mind. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, sir. Your mind, what, what would that be? What would the wrong interpretation be? I think that the wrong interpretation would be that Egypt was just this, this great power that ultimately fell at the hands of, you know, different nations that came through, the Greeks, the uh, the Romans, and so on that ultimately Egypt really didn't contribute anything outside of the box of um it didn't contribute anything outside of Egypt to the rest of the continent of Africa that is the wrong interpretation to take of Egypt that is that is the wrong way to present Egypt there's so much more to Africa than just Egypt and a lot of times we have scholars we have um academic individuals who, for one reason or another, they tend to just box Egypt into this this this, this uh, cubbyhole of, of existence and forget that it spawned so many more civilizations. It spawned so many more advances outside of the realm of Egypt. That is, in my opinion, the wrong way to present Egypt. It is a dangerous thing to do. Uh, because we, we, we tend to get pigeonholed. And ultimately, again, there's so much more to Africa than just Egypt. Romanticizing Egypt is great if you have the information to go along with that. If you just think that Egypt is just, you know, the Sphinx and the, and the pharaohs and the pyramids and so on, you have just but a sample of what Egypt ultimately was about and the in the uh, advancements that Egypt was able to make, not only to itself and not only to its just immediate neighbors, 
but ultimately to the rest of the continent and and pretty much most of uh, Europe at that time. So basically we need to stop treating Egypt like it's an abnormality uh, or or uh, just a shining jewel of Africa when there is many shining jewels in Africa. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah, I, I agree also because it's definitely you have to look at Egypt in its totality, and it's not just limited to that one geographical area. The, the great, vast influence of Egypt spread to so many different areas. It should not be foreign when you hear about Egyptian artifacts that pop up in Canaan and in all these other areas, and just just spreading outside of your immediate area of what you would consider uh, the boundaries of Egypt is far more vast than that. I agree. I. I... I'm sure, as as most of you have seen, um, the at least a trailer. I've never watched the movie. I intend not to watch the movie, but the uh, the recent release of Egypt, as far as it being depicted as um, you know gods and kings, you know, and obviously oh, we have Egypt. yes, and obviously we have the most whitest of white people playing um, <laughs> African people. You know, and the hypocrisy in that is just astounding. But the the representation of Egypt is just that, gods and kings, in which there were kings of Egypt, obviously, as, as much as there were pharaohs and other rulers and so on. But that's just that one interpretation. And if that's their interpretation of Egypt in their mind, and we have a similar interpretation of Egypt, even if it's just – on the reverse level of not being Europeans playing these roles, but Africans indeed playing these roles, then again, we are still, you know, looking at Egypt as just this shiny jewel, if you will, as you mentioned, uh, of, you know, civilization, as if that's all that Egypt had. And there, again, is so much more complexity to this wonderful land that I think, the average black person may not necessarily know. They don't. And in my travels to to Egypt, you know, it's just some things that you just have to see. You know, I read about Egypt for many years before I actually went, but nothing could have prepared me for walking into uh, Karnak, walking into Luxor, and seeing the colossal temples. There's nothing you can read to prepare you for that. You just have to experience it and it is being misrepresented i think the worst thing about that movie is not the representation of the actors is so much i think the story does a worse job than the actual white people that are playing black actors because if you look at this trailer i mean you got people flying around i mean you got people with like unk said the magic powers the superman Mm-hmm. And it's reinforcing, you know, the, the, the mythos is reinforcing the misrepresentation of Kemet. Now people are going to be thinking that, you know, there were people walking around with hawkheads. They're going to be thinking that there were people walking around with jackal faces because that movie reinforces that. And there have been other movies that have been just as bad. Uh, the Mummy, for instance, uh, mm-hmm. Stargate. All of these movies have done damaging effects to uh, Egypt as, you know, 
a great African land and putting it in a mythical place. You know, there's some people that don't even recognize Egypt being in Africa. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I, I wanted to add to what you're saying, um, Ben, is that, you know, I would venture to say that that there's two things about Egypt that's that's going on, that's, that's coming by way of the European uh, paradigm. One is what we see which is the romanticism and uh, and um commercialization that we're talking about. But then there's another there's another section and that's in the occult systems of the European occult systems such as uh Madame Blavatsky, such as the uh the Order of the oh, Golden yeah. Dawn, such as the Rosicrucian um order. Within and then you have some branches of uh Freemasonry. Now, within that segment of European paradigm, they do a different kind of study of Egypt and Kemet, you know, um, um, I forgot the guy's name, uh, Manly P. Hall, and P- all these kind of people um, that study Egypt in a different way, they they study the psychology of of how Egypt became what it was, and then they utilize it. They they actually apply it, and they become the so-called elite that mm-hmm. people will, on this side of things, will call conspiracy or call the Illuminati or call mm-hmm. you know the owners of of the 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 earth and and the international bankers and these kinds of things. So there there's an element of people that are studying it and extracting information that we should be doing and utilizing mm-hmm. so that we can actually use it and actually um liberate ourselves and to and to be coming to to who and what we are, but they're doing it. So we can't be fooled that this romanticism and this commercialization is all that they're doing either. You know what I'm saying? That that's what they feed us and that's what they make money off of. But you best believe they're studying Kemet from a different uh angle as well. You know, but they, they keep it in the occult. They keep it in you know, hidden in into their um, you know, their society, their uh fraternities and things like that. So we can't be fooled by that. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right, look, I agree. You wanna get some callers in there? Or you want to stick? You want to go ahead and finish your statement, bro. Oh, I, yeah, but, uh, I was going to. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go, go ahead. Go ahead, um, brother Sadat. Please um, finish off with your questions, and we'll also uh, go into some calls. Um, sure, how much sure. time do we have? How much time do we have before it? Um, we switch over. Brother, um, we should be in close. Oh, you right? got, you got eleven minutes. You got eleven minutes. Okay. Got before we switch over. Over. So please continue your thought, brother Sadat. Oh sure, thank you. Uh, I, I I agree with that. I definitely agree with that uh, with that statement. Um, I think one of the one of the other reasons of why we should caution ourselves upon the romanticism of Egypt is because we need to start looking at Africa from a grander scale. Um, there is a heavy influence of China inside the continent of Africa, especially um, East Africa. Um, that is in in many ways going to affect black people as the years progress. Now, I know a lot of people may or may not know about the Chinese influence of Africa, what they're doing in Kenya and Mozambique uh, and so on. Uh, but just as far as extracting natural resources, even human resources, but on a geopolitical standpoint, that is going to have an adverse effect upon black people by way of China just leapfrogging America on an economic state, 
uh, economic level, um, as far as just uh, politically and so on. And we can look, and and then also China is is uh, starting to have an influence in the Middle East, and obviously that will go against the interests that America has. And so, you know, now there's a bit of a conflict that's going on there. And any time that there is a conflict going on overseas, that tends to come back over here and it indirectly uh, involves us and then we are indirectly or sometimes even directly affected by a lot of the uh, foreign engagements, if you will. And so we really should start to look at Africa, you know, taking at least taking one eye off of Egypt for a moment and really start looking at Africa and saying, okay, what's going on over here with China? Why is China inside of Africa? China is, is is extracting so much of its natural resources. It's building uh, infrastructures in, in Africa and so on. So I just wanted to put that out there, um, you know, for people to kind of mm. really start to pay attention to. Mm. Yeah, they're doing it because we're letting them do it because we're not organized around the truth. we organize around a bunch of bullshit. That's mm-hmm. why they're doing it. No, no, no valuable civilization that controls as much resources as those in Africa or supposed to control would ever allow any entity, entity to come in, right, and not make them pay a heavy price, not to own your shit, right, but to get some of that. You would control that. Look at the way the United States do it. They do not allow another foreign power to come in and, yeah, go get my oil out. We'll just give you a hundred years to the land and pay you this. That makes absolutely no sense. They have been conquered by religion. They have been conquered by pseudo thought. It makes absolutely no sense. You at least negotiate to get your roads built, to get factories built, to get training for individuals, so that we can get it out. And for that, we'll give you the best price. Plain and simple. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Weak, weak leadership has done this. Capitalism, not even understanding capitalism, has mm-hmm. done this. Not even understanding where you at in the world has done this. And so that's why I say the African in America, right, we stand at the threshold as being the best African on the planet because we already know what it is. And it's up to us on this phone, Aztec, uh, all the groups, it's up to us to educate those brothers and sisters, to beat them out they stupor, because it's just dumb. You know what I'm saying? You got the best game in town, but yet you let another person come in and run your game? Who does that? Nobody. So let me get this first caller. Sister Nala, your line is open. Now you're my fault. Your line is Ma'am. open. What's good, sis? I'm sorry. I just wanted to kind of just build on... Um, what you were saying about Africa and capitalism. Um, Africa has a growing, a growing, growing population. I mean, it's estimated that they're going to have about over a billion people, like maybe 15, 20 years. And so what capitalists in the U.S. are doing, they're gearing up to move to Africa. I mean, Facebook is there. As you guys know, Bill Gates is there. Everyone is there except for us. 
in America. We're so busy over here fighting who's more, who's native, who's Christian, who's black. But if you really want to expand, we need to really think about connecting to our brothers in Africa because it's an opportunity for us to build. I'm not saying going over there and live. I'm just saying that we at least have to put them on game, like I'm just saying. We have to at least go over there and educate them and be and at least be able to show them what we know about this cracker. Absolutely. I agree. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Everybody, everybody on the nose with that. We need a baby to be in that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, let me get the next caller. 803, your line is over. I'm raw squad up. 803, your line is open. 803. I can hear you now. You almost missed it. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. What's up, brother? Who this is What's up, brother? Yeah, yeah, just for time. Peace to everybody on the line. I'm a Ross Squad up um, to the esteemed guest. Um, appreciate the dialogue and, and having you and being able to listen to your inter um, to to my to your to your conversation to the dialogue. Um, you guys, man, this is one of those conversations that you should turn into a lecture and take on the. Um, be a part of the, the circuit and take on the road. Um, you guys covered so much. But uh, I guess I don't want to be pseudo. But I did have a question since um, we started our ASCAP. I know we went to politics, and I know we also went to um, Egypt. Um, just to make a conversation see if, or a comment to see if you guys agree, um, both Kemet uh, or Egypt or Lower and Upper Nile, um, would you agree that it was both influenced um, before its uh, climax from out from in, from the exterior of Egypt, and then um, after or during its climax, it even influenced um, you know outside of itself to uh, even out, not just the continent but even outside of the continent? And just wanted to know if you agree with that. And then I wanted to ask a comment. Or ask a question about um, the. There's a. Is, is it true about a pyramid that's older than the pyramids of the Nile Valley, in the, I believe it's the country of Niger. And did Enfadishi um, mention anything about that? Uh, well, I'll, I'll go on ahead and uh, answer the question as far as uh, the influence of Egypt. Uh, certainly, Egypt did have an influence outside of itself, um, even outside of the continent. Uh, when you look at uh, Asia, Eurasia, India, and China, uh, there definitely was a, a great influence on these areas, these regions, um, when you look at agriculture, when you look at trade, uh, you know, when you look at language development uh, and so on, and just the way in which their civilizations tended to mirror that of, of Egypt. Uh, and so, yes, I, I do see a uh, direct and then also a, an indirect influence of Egypt outside of itself um, as far as an influence uh, from within um, or from an outside influence 
influencing Egypt, I believe may have been your question. Uh, yes, there, there, there was, uh, you know, influences from earlier civilizations. I think what Egypt did, however, was it capitalized upon, uh, you know, these earlier civilizations and then just magnified that, um, you know, many fold to a point where it became just this magnificent, this great nation that other areas would come to gain information from, gain knowledge from, and so on, and then take that back. And then, you know, those who trekked out of Egypt for trade routes or whatever the case may be, obviously they, uh, you know, gave a great deal of influence. So, yes, Egypt itself did have a tremendous influence outside of itself. Yes, sir, I definitely would agree with that. Uh, I think the brother asked about that pyramid in Niger. Uh, anybody speak to Infudishi about that at the ASCAT conference? Because I've seen pictures of it, and I don't know if it's an actual pyramid Nigeria? or an actual mound. You mean in Nigeria? No, no, because he, he, he actually said it on a program that I was on with him. Uh, I know about the Insu pyramids in Nigeria, but he said he was oh. traveling to Niger to see oh. if uh, this structure was in fact a pyramid that some people have been uh Hold on one second, Ben. Hold on, Ben. Ben, hold on one second. You got, uh, man, you got 44 seconds to call in to get the last part of the show, 347-857-2055. Uh, you listen to Brother Sadat. Uh, we're having a uh, great conversation, and y'all already know what it is. Go ahead, uh, Brother Ben. Yeah, uh, Brother Infudishi was talking about uh, actually traveling to Niger to see if uh, this was actually a pyramid uh, in Niger. So I don't know if uh, what his findings were on that, and being that you guys saw him at the ASCAT conference. Uh, did he mention anything about that, or uh, was that brought up in conversation? Nope. As a matter of fact, I didn't even send in on uh, Infidici's uh, presentation. I mean, I was—I think I was in—I was in there listening to uh, Saul, Brother Saul's work. They had like different workshops going on, so no, you know, I had not. So, so you saying it was actually Infidici that brought that up? That was his claim. Yeah, I was on a program with him on another uh, blog talk, and he was saying mm-hmm. that he was uh, about to travel to Niger to check it out to to see if it was an actual pyramid. So when the brother brought it up on his question, uh, that's how I knew what he was talking about. But uh, I've only seen pictures of it. You know, with, with pyramids, you know, we have to distinguish natural mounds from pyramids, you know, uh, structures that have actually been worked on and carved and with the uh, geometry and and supreme mathematics that our ancestors knew about. So, you know, I don't have any information whether it's true or false. So maybe that's something that, uh, you know, we can get that homework on. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Let me get you next caller, man. Um Yeah, yeah, I hit one of your keypad, brother. Real fast. 
trying to feel like not getting nothing, man. I need the first three. Cool, man, hit me on Facebook real quick. Give me the first three. This is your number, man, so I can let you in here real quick. I know you hear me. All right. All right, let me get the brother in here real quick, man. Let me get, get this great brother in here real fast, man. Uh, Got hit one on the keypad. Hit one. All right, got you. Black African problem. Oh, man. Hey, what's up, brother? How you doing? How you doing, man? How you feeling, man? What's good, man? Glad to have you stop through, man. What's up with you, brother? My pleasure, my pleasure, my pleasure. Just to spend a little time with the family, which I don't do often enough mm-hmm. at all. I just relax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Real quick, man. Tell us about Facebook. Go ahead. Yeah, tell us about that event y'all having real fast. Brother, we got an event. Uh, we got an event out here in Dallas, uh, but it's, it's we're streaming it live via pay per view. It's on the 26th of March, uh, between 5 p.m. and 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. And so the local location is the Pan African Connection. Uh, but if you get it online via pay per view, you can be anywhere in the world and check it out. So we're titling the event right now: Building African Institutions of a New Type, Reestablishing the African Woman's Prominence. So it's uh, Ife Kilimanjaro, Ika Kilimanjaro, and myself, Yara, and them. And so as everyone knows, mm. uh, we are the authors of um, Our Guiding Principles of More Living, uh, African Time, SIBA, uh, Restoring History, Bach, Bach's Guide, Survival Organization, Study Team, Outline of Africa's History, Outline of the United States History, African K-12 Schools, Teaching Teams, What Must Be Done, African International. And I may have forgot one, but... 14 books we have under our banner right now. And so with about four to five more books in the, in the works for the next year and a half to two years. And so with this presentation workshop, really the workshop, because uh, we don't do presentations, we don't talk, um, we teach, and we work. And so with this workshop, we really want to drive home that before we do anything else, we have to organize ourselves individually and then we organize our families and then we organize our, our groups, and then we institutionalize those lessons that were drawn out by our organizations. And so that's organizations of a new type. Once we have institutions in place, then there lies some, some hope that our people will be able to move forward and get back to, back to where we're supposed to be so we can elevate ourselves to our right place. So that's the event again mm-hmm. March 26th. 2016, 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. That's Central Standard Time. 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. The um, I am Yara Anev on Facebook. So my first name is Y A H R A. My last name is A A N E B. And the poster and the links to Eventbrite and to uh, Cling are uh, on my page mm-hmm. right now. All right, I put it in the chat room, brother. Absolutely, man. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate the plug. Official Books and Honor Squad. Official Books and Honor Squad. Appreciate that, bro. Hey, shouts out to the Raising Awareness Group. They're giving out tickets to that event, and they just did a great interview with the elder, Taka. on a couple of different things. So, shout out to those brothers right. as well. That's right. That's uh, Elder uh, M. Ku and, uh, and Brother Kufu. 
The, uh, Absolutely. I did that on uh, February 20th, and uh, I moved the link up to the top of my page. So everybody wanted to check that out. It was a great. It was a great interview. The car did a great job, just breaking things down. Very, very methodical, very slow, and uh, digestible. And because um, this thing, you know, we tend to move pretty fast when we know something. But brother, the car broke it down and, and really let people know these are the nuts. These are some of the nuts and bolts needed uh, to move forward. But his piece was spurred by, or stoked by, the questions that the raising awareness group had. That they presented to him, and so it was a good piece. Appreciate that, brother. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, man. Look, uh, all right. Where you at, brother Christian? Oh, I'm still here. Let me see if I can get another question for you, real quick, man. Three four mm-hmm. three four seven. Your line is open. I'm Ross Quarter. What's your question? Peace, peace. How's everybody? We good, brother. How you doing? Doing well, doing well. You good? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I want to talk about this uh, Trump and the politics things. You know, it's like this: if you go with Trump, you you go for a fast death. Okay, swift and quick is over. If you go with Bernie and Hillary, it's a slow death. History taught me that. I wouldn't deal with need, need none of them. Okay, just like. That that uh that that dude plight is 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 uh dealing with, he's saying, oh I've got a plan that's gonna help everybody in in the black community. When they come like a Trojan bearing gifts, it's to your detriment. So anything that he announced that he got, if he ain't saying that his people are getting the same damn thing, or we're gonna get it together, leave it the fuck alone. Okay, that other thing. Or we got to have money and go to the table. No, no, no. That, that's out. Okay? You go to the table, they just take your money. That's like a street corner drug dealer going to the cartels and say, yeah, bitch, I got my weight up. Okay? You're, I got everything north of America. and Y'all got east, south, and west. They're going to kill you because there's no threat behind what you're saying. You you go with money. If, you, if there's no threat applied, they're going to take your money and, and, and give you shit. They used to treat India like a motherfucking orphan until they said the four words to the world. We got the bomb. When they found out that they went nuclear, they invited those motherfuckers to the table. You understand what I'm saying? You got to have the implied threat behind what it is you want and the money that you're given. Other than that, you're not going to get it because you're dealing with a bunch of savages. Just like uh, uh, the Arabs, they got all the money in the world. But they still get dicked around by the United States. You know why? Because they ain't got, they ain't with nuclear. They ain't, they ain't no threat. Another thing that mm. concerns me is a bunch of black people telling us that Egypt is. That's a question. That's a question, you Huh? No, that was a statement. That's what. I, that's my that thoughts on it. Yeah, that oh, was a statement. On. All right, look. Yeah, that was my thoughts on it. All right, thanks, brother. So we ain't gonna pick. We ain't picking none. So you with me then? We ain't doing no picking. <laughs> well, hold on, bro. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep it line on. Let me get some more questions in there, bro. Real quick. Okay, now. I'll let you get back on that. Hold on. All right. Uh, two eight one. Your line is open. I'm a raw squad. What's your question for the brother? Black African power. What's going on, brother? Huh? Brother is. How you doing? Bro? How y'all doing today? 
It's not brother Nick Fadden. Fan. How you doing, brother? Pretty good, fam. Pretty good. I just had a, a real uh, quick question uh, uh, for the brother Sadat. I just want to know uh, because he kind of like uh, just gave a broad answer to the question <clears throat> about the influences uh, that Kim had outside itself. Could you give us some specific examples of the influences uh, that took place politically, agriculturally, as well as uh, possibly even uh, structurally uh, that Kemet uh, had given uh, to the rest of the world? Uh, yes, yes. I, I apologize if I gave a, a bit of a broad-based answer on that. Um, one of the things that uh, did as far as influence outside of itself um, even looking at it from yeah. a from an Asian standpoint, uh, I'm sorry, I was kind of losing my um, losing my uh, signal. Are you are you still there? Are you able to hear me? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you loud. Okay, okay. Thought I was sorry. Thought I was losing my signal. Yes, sir. We got you. Um, okay. One of the things that uh, Egypt was able to do uh, politically was establish a. Uh, well, I wouldn't even say this on, on a political level, but I, I would say, like at least on a bureaucratic level, was able to set up a system to where other uh, uh, civilizations, other nations were able to mirror that. Um, Asia itself developed a bureaucratic system that was somewhat based upon um, Egypt. Uh, and so I think that that would be one of the things in which, um, and even to a certain degree, uh, Greece and Rome. Um, was able to mirror that. So that would be my answer, looking at it from that particular standpoint. Okay. And uh, I just wanted to touch on this, and then, I, then I'll let you good brothers go. Uh, Brother Ish had asked about a, a unifying factor uh, between us all. And and I noticed, uh, and I'm a more, you know, I just want you guys to put that out there, uh, but every person every group of people that you had mentioned on, uh, my good brother, yeah. you mentioned them as Greeks, Koreans, so on and so forth. And inside those uh, populations, there are different ethnic groups of Greeks, different ethnic groups of Koreans. But it's one thing that they all call themselves. I'm sorry, it's one thing they all call themselves. They call themselves by national name. Uh, and I think that was a, a unifying factor uh, even in Kenneth, uh, you had all these different ethnic groups, but they unified under one banner. So is that something possibly that would cause us to unify ourselves, maybe unifying up under a banner regardless of religion? Say it again. Is that something possible that we get? That's for the brother? The red, black, and the green. <laughs> Yeah, so we can unify. Red, black, and green. I agree with that. Oh, man. It's, you know, whatever it is we need to unify, that we need to get we need to get it cracked, man. It don't take no rocket scientists to know that you know the Hebrew Israelites. I, I know in Atlanta, man, they make some of the best food, and we just support them, man. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They got some of the best diets. You know, everybody's going to have to take a part. We just can't listen to you when you start talking about that Bible. But when it comes to your diet, I mean, your eating practices, which is vital to a functioning community, functioning nation, 
You know what I'm saying? Then then they got they should be able to have that. And then you got other uh, parts of the community to do real well. You know, you got ASCAT, you got Armour Squad, we do well. You know, the scholarship, the, the, the history, right? And you got other mm-hmm. uh, people who, who who understand law, uh, governing. I mean, so, I mean, of course we could always unify together. That's that's not even, you know what I'm saying? That's not, that that wouldn't be hard to do. And, you know, you, 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 you have a, the religious aspect of what you do. I mean, that's your private thing right there at the end of the day. You know, mm-hmm. it really is, man. So, you know, I never really bang on people for what they believe in. I bang when you try to make it seem like that I should even believe in that or I'm a fool because I don't believe in that. When you when mm-hmm. you make your belief universal, when your belief is just basically personal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you are oh, yeah, definitely bang on the person that. they believe in. Right. I never bang on a person because they believe they this, they that. I'll bang on you when you try to make me that. That's what's mm-hmm. crazy to me. You feel me? I agree. And that's the thing that I find to be very, very insulting, very, very crazy. If I was a conversation, everybody, you know what I'm saying, should, should bow down to Kepada, man, that's that's crazy. You know, I could make an argument mm-hmm. for it, but I just wouldn't do it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I said, at the end of the day, everybody succumbed to evolution. I could say that. Or raw. At the end of the day, everybody succumbed to the sun. I could say that. But that might not be your frame reference. And, and understanding that, I get that. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? We're going to have to put a lot of differences to us, to the side and recognize that what attack you attack me, no matter what you call yourself. And at the end exactly. of the day, it's just talk. You know, people just talk. Mm-hmm. You know, keyboard karate. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let me get to this next call, though, bro. All right, brother. I appreciate you, y'all. Thank you very much. Okay, brother. Two, five, Thank you so six, much for the call, family. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right, peace, peace. Um, this is uh, Brother Hurge. Uh, salute to the uh, speaker, Brother Sabat, for coming on. Uh, Brother Ben, Timo Sarge, Brother Ish, and all the other uh, elite, esteemed guests that I failed to Timo call. Timo Cyrus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, that's my dog. Peace right and blessings to you, soldier. Peace, dog. No doubt, no I got to say this, man. I just left, and I'm going to be honest with you. I only did it for the Army Rock Squad. All right, I just left watching uh, Gods of Egypt, and I'm going to tell y'all something, man. I got indigestion coming up out of there. I mean, I was so pissed off about that, you know. Um, not to tell you the movie to those that, that decide to go to watch it, but... What? You can tell the them Oh, that's <laughs> right. You can, I can't you can even tell us all about them crackers. crackers. Yeah, I, I can't even I, say them crackers. You paid that money. Oh, man. He's for the guy who's black market, yo. Listen, <laughs> hey, listen though. I did it. I did it for Amarok Squad. All, I mean, all just. No, I've been on the show the whole time. I just, I just, I just press one. You know, after you know, you said the last call. But it, so let's say this. It's basically about um, you know, uh, a story, and they add some fantasy in there with a little love story. One of the worst movies I've ever seen. You know what I'm saying? They did a lot yeah, of black woman, and and the black. Oh, you seen it too? No, I just heard it was yeah, a they, terrible movie. Man, yeah, it, I mean, I'm going to say something. I already know for a fact, probably like the first 10 minutes, on, you you, you would have ran up out of there. You know what I'm saying? And the only reason why I stayed tonight was because I was like, I got to have something to bring back to the squad to tell them, like, man, we got to, I don't know, we got to holler at our, uh, uh, what's our brother out there in L.A., Major Arches, uh, uh, Brother Jonathan. Yes, he sir. He's going to get at them about that, man. It's, you know, 
But, uh, but yeah, I just had to, you know, call in and show my support, man. I, I feel like if I can't do nothing else, you know, I can at least call in, you know, and, uh, you know, give uh, some support to the squad, which, you know, in the future, you know, it's going to be a lot more where that came from, too, though, you know. And, Appreciate uh, that, bro. Yeah, you know, I, I wanted to say, too, real fast, you know, this was one of the ideas that Michael Jackson was trying to do as well, you know, but they turned it down in case, you know, uh, nobody didn't listen. And also with our brother Infodisha, he was saying at uh, Sunnetta Studios on the couch, if y'all go back to that, he said that, that whoever found that other structure that they call a pyramid, he said it, it was hieroglyphics in there, and he was going to fly over there whenever he got the opening to, to translate it and to see if it was something that matched up, you know, with the current literature, just, you know, just for the record. So uh, so I did witness him. He, he did say that, too, you know, on the uh, on the live stream. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, man. Shoot. I'm going to leave your line up, man. Hey, you I, I definitely would, uh, would like to touch upon what the brother just said about the movie, if, if, I, if I may. Yes, man. Yes, sir. Whatever you want to ask. I'm still here. Uh, because you know, I, I would I would I would be remiss and I wouldn't feel good about myself if I didn't even uh you know comment <laughs> on that. And <laughs> I'm just I'm just gonna be very frank. Um, you know, when I look uh, there is a consciousness movement going on in the black community. You know, sure, we have the the Black Lives Matter movement, but there is a concerted effort for black people to gain their consciousness in the white man's world, in the white man's country. And so knowing that, the white man knowing that about us, will do everything humanly possible to thwart that consciousness that we're trying to develop. If we knew about our history, if we knew about our people, if we knew about ourselves, then atrocities like this movie, like so many other movies that have been made as a mockery of our rich land, of our home, where we came from, because we weren't, we didn't come from here. Okay, we 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 did not come from North America. If we knew about ourselves, if we knew about our people, we wouldn't even have to face the reality that this is what they're trying to do to us. I used to teach in school um, on the elementary level, and I can't tell you how many young children do not know anything about Africa at all. And so when they grow up, all they know about Africa is Egypt, and they know what the white man teaches us about Egypt, what the white man wants us to know about Egypt, what the white man wants us to see about Egypt. And we have to really start to be careful about knowing what is really real about our people, about where we came from, and so on. This movie should have never been made, but number one, we don't have the knowledge, and number two, we don't have the capital. They have the capital. They can create the knowledge, and there we have it. Uh I have a question for you, Brother Sadat. Brother, what what about those who say that Egypt is, is over here in America? It says that the original Egyptian culture <laughs> took place here in America, and the Nile is really the Amazon, et cetera, and the structures and the names, the Memphis is originally over here. What do you have to say about people who say that the original Egypt is over here in the Americas, and then they went over to Africa and established that civilization? What do you have to say about that, brother? <laughs> 
Uh, well, wow. I mean, you know, I guess I can just go on ahead and, and just and just state that there's no such thing. And I'm not being facetious with you. If, if someone was to say that to me, uh, you know, I, I guess I guess there's no such thing as a bearing straight. You know, I guess that I can't piece together all of the continents and link them back to Africa. Then that's a way to destabilize our mindset and to make us think. That again, we're nothing but a dark continent that had absolutely nothing to do with, with with the creation of civilization, and that ultimately it's all about what happened over in America, thanks to Europeans. And so we should just, you know, consider everything that we've ever learned about Africa to be a lie. You know, if that if that's the, if that's the case, and that's the standpoint and the point of view in which they want to take things, you know. We all should be made aware of the fact that the cradle of civilization started in Africa and to, you know, uh, just remove the now and put it and transplant it over into the Amazon <laughs> or to suggest, you know, that Egypt is in America. It's just that that is a, a highly preposterous statement. Um, you know, <laughs> I need to see proof. I need to see well, proof. <laughs> But, but, but brother Sadat, aside, aside from Egypt being in America, and yes, it is 2016, and yes, people do actually teach this in front of people in 2016. But aside aside from uh, Egypt being over here in America, what about the people who teach that the origin of civilization started in the land of Mu, or sometimes they even call it Lumeria, and this is the mother civilization, but it's a sunken continent that is now on the bottom of the ocean, and somewhere this great continent gave birth to all civilizations, and that Egypt is just a child of the great land of Mu and Lumeria. What do you have to say about people who actually are teaching this in 2016? I mean, I, I need to be able to understand why they are looking at it from that standpoint. I've seen, you know, pictures and I've read articles about the sunken, con uh, the sunken um, uh, kingdoms and and ancient lands and so on. Um, I know from my personal experience, as far as learning and and so on, that the cradle of civilization is still. A, a land that we can actually go to. Um, and so if people are still teaching that or if people are teaching that now in 2016, uh, I just need to know, you know, why are they teaching that? What is their, their purpose of teaching that? And then, uh, you know, can you please show me some sort of proof to back up the claim that this is where you know, everything began versus where we think everything began, if that, if that answers your question. It, 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 it uh -huh. does. Um, I, would, I would say the evidence of this, these great civilizations over in the Americas, I would ask for you to study the Inca rocks, the Inca stones of Peru. And in these Inca stones of Peru, they're supposed to be used as actual evidence of a great civilization that is a mother of all civilizations, as well as, again, making Egypt the child. Uh, and the proof is written on these rocks. So if you study the, the, the stones of, of Inca, the Inca stones of Peru, that is the smoking gun, brother. That is indeed the Rosetta Stone of this great civilization, and you can study it, brother, and you can take notes. 
from the great scholars who are teaching this in 2016, dear brother. I just want to add on real fast, brother, it's just um, that you, you're absolutely right. The uh, steel, the key cut, I'm sorry, the keystone cuts, uh, some archaeologists did find that here just recently, and I just seen that about a month or two ago. And also, Hold on, you said what? Hold on. You said what? You said know, the keystone, you know, the key, you know, the, uh, the steel keystone cuts that were in the blocks in Egypt over in Africa? They found they found those and the sh- and the shaman also said that they were Africans and the man the, the Caucasian dude almost jumped out of his skin you know what I'm saying <laughs> straight up sure did so you saying the say, what brother, the cuts in the box they said the what you, you know you, you know in the blocks in, in in the pyramid right that that mm-hmm. that they had used you know the key what they call keystone cut where they uh you know, put the molten steel down, you know, to keep the blocks from moving in case of the earthquake. Over in Peru, they found the same technology, you know. So, right, man. you know, it just... This is what we're going to dig. Mm-hmm. This is what we're going to dig. Mm-hmm. We're going to ask for an article for that. We're going to need an article now. We're going to need... We want to nope. be a part of that learning curve that you have. Okay. So they poured molten All steel. Right. <laughs> Just kidding. Give us that. <laughs> well, no, no, I'm not saying I'm not saying that they poured it. Before you move is, to the next, what are you saying? What are you saying? We need the reference. They though, got to continue the conversation. We can't continue the conversation okay. without the reference. Yeah, that wouldn't be fair. Gotcha. Get me all hyped up with a steam guest on the show and start <laughs> acting crazy. Yeah, I want to do that. And, 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 and I do want to I do want to let our listening audience know that we do have a real legitimate phone number. If you encounter pseudo information, you can dial this number three one five five pseudo. That's three one five five pseudo, and we will respond back to your phone calls, respond back to your text. This is a real Amara Squad phone number that you can call three one five five pseudo. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, because the, the, the pseudo alert just went off. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Trings a little bit there. <laughs> Yes, Dallas Dallas nine one one when you hear that bullshit. Three one five five two. Well let me let me let me ask you this though. Um do do you uh, so you so you saying when they found the same no. technology over over there that they found in Egypt, you, you saying that they were they was wrong for accrediting. I'm saying I need the I'm saying I need I'm saying I need the article to continue to Oh, okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. Right. Oh, okay. Be, yeah, we, we need to we need to vet those sources. We need to vet those sources. Yeah, yeah. real fast. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. I, I'll yeah, make. I, I'll, yeah. I'll email. I email it to you. Yeah. Really to but I but I feel you right. because you know in 2016 it's good to to always cross reference yeah. stuff. So you know. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yep. You gotta yep. figure out when they smoke still. And you got to, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, case of earthquakes, one of the last earthquake in Egypt. There's a lot of things we can look at real good. Let me get that 347 three, number. 347. Three, hey, what's, go, what's going, going on, Ankh? How you doing, man? How you doing, bro? How Hello? you feeling, man? I'm, I'm doing well, man. Um, to the brother that, uh, he goes to Ohio State, right? Yes, uh-huh. yes that's correct. Okay, man. I, I'll just give him my number, man, and me and this dude, we can chop it up on campus. We're on spring break right now, but, you know. You can definitely chop it up on campus, man. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Let's have Aunt give you my number. I'm sure my number comes up. Another question I have for you, Aunt, is um, 
I'm about mm-hmm. to engage, you know, like a, you know, just friendly discourse with some Christians, and I want a good okay. book to reference because I'm challenging basically the validity of the Bible on a whole. And I originally I bought um, Walter Williams' book. But no, I'm kind Walter of sketchy with it. Yeah, the book that he wrote on um, Christianity. Yeah, so but no, I'm kind of backtracking on that. Cool. Book, so I'm not really sure. What book? Sure, if I want to use. Walter Williams. Walter Williams. Yes. Oh. No, he got some odd information in there, yeah. But I, I, I'm thinking a a good one, uh, man. Chance of Williams, and then and then get the white boy's work. Uh, Bart, I think it's Bart. Son, I can't think his damn name, man. He wrote he wrote the book misquoting Jesus. What that's going to show you is, is he's talking, he's dealing with uh, certain texts and criticizing okay. certain textual information, and and basically showing you. And at the end of the book, it. it, it it has an excellent uh, piece when it talks about how certain scriptures that are that, that that are very very dead to Christians aren't even in older manuscripts that they was added later, and that's a man that, that well that's a revelation to those who believe in Jesus Christ. You know, like what you know, the name of the book? Uh, Jesus. It's misquoting Jesus. First name is Bart. Okay. Keep getting his last name. Bart Hyman, I believe. I'm don't sure if I got that last. But I know it's Bart, and the name of the book is Misquoting Jesus. And, like, he talks about how the, the, the Trinity was added in. You know what I'm saying? Just it's a very interesting book right there. Good read. You know what I'm saying? So you can you okay. smash them with that one. That's going to yeah, smash yeah, my I definitely want to annihilate them. Believe me. I would recommend the book, uh, the book your church doesn't want you to read. Again, the, the the name of the book is The Book Your Church Doesn't Want You to Read. It's by Tim Leadham. That's uh, L-E-E-D-O-M, like Mary. Um, the book, very good book Your Church Does Not Want You to Read? Yes, The Book uh-huh. The Church Doesn't Want You to Read. One and two. One and two. Uh, I, I also have a book that I would recommend as well. Uh, the book is called The Evolution of God. Uh, it is by a gentleman named Robert Wright. Uh, he also has another book um, called The Moral Animal and Non-Zero. Uh, but The Evolution of God is definitely a fantastic book. Um, and it's definitely, uh, you know, right up the, the alley of what you're looking at. So please check yeah, that out. Yeah, because, you know, there's like big, you know, they're big groups on campus. You know, they have their meetings and stuff like that. And they keep on inviting me. And I was like, all right, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure if you, you, you want me to come to your meeting because I'm going to be challenging everything. But, you know, they keep on inviting me, and I'm like, okay, I want to go with all my arsenal, all my bullets. You know, I don't want to go empty-handed. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, the name of the oh, book is, is Bart Hyman. Bart Hyman. Bart Hyman? Right. Yeah, also gotcha. take a look at uh, the book from Comedic Press, man. Um, let me see. Mayat. I'm going to get the name of this right. Uh, Mayat, A Guiding Principles of Moral Living. You got to show them that you already got a mo- that, that that for real, for real. Whether you think Christianity is right or wrong, we already have moral fabric in place prior to Christianity. And how dare you, right. as a Christian, even remotely would suggest that we would even need to wait for some invaders to come in to tell us about a resurrecting God? Tell right. them to get out of here with that crap. Tell them they're arrogant. Start off with that. Your and this is, yeah, that this is my final. Um, this, this is not, not not so much a question. It's more of just like. Just some advice. I mean, you guys don't have to take it. And this goes to the whole squad, especially ish, 
and you Ankh and um and Gozi. You should not engage with people that they don't have that doesn't have um academic integrity. And I'm speaking specifically to Ali Muhammad. Don't <laughs> engage with people like that, bro. That dude is the epitome of a liar. Don't I'm I was so you tell me when I call sometimes Ankh and I get on um Sonetta, you tell me, nah, oh, man, he's a ball brother man. But when he allowed that pseudo back on his platform mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then, to make matters worse, he only put up the section where Ali was saying his stuff. He didn't put up the section where you guys are going at it. And I know why you guys are going at it. You like, you can't believe this dude has the nerve. Mm. So, don't yeah, man, that don't have any academic integrity, man. Don't do it, man. It just, it just makes you guys look silly. You know what I mean? Listen, listen, do listen. It. And see, but listen, and see, that's always a mistake. I'm not saying waste all the time in the world on it. But not to address it is always a mistake. Um, I'm just letting you know that. Just to let him fly like a fucking eagle, excuse my language, is a bunch of nonsense. Right, right, now, right. I, now, I clearly understand not to take up precious time, you know what I mean, and continue along the lines of what we're doing. You know, we got Ad Anime Productions. We got all the books. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we, we got the shoe, RBGs, the leather. The lever joints will be in before the end of the month. Right. Right? They're in Savannah. They're making their way down here. So, I mean, come on. We got comic books. My fault. Coloring books. So, no, man. Right. We're, not, we're not wasting time. But, you know what I mean? We just need to, need, need, to, need to let the world know that there is a standard. And it's all about African excellence. And we hold that standard right there. All right. By I'll the way, I'd like man. to thank everybody that made, made a donation today to the GoFundMe. All right. Supporting brother, Uncle brother Saad in New York, um, sister uh, Naya, appreciate that. Brother Basim, appreciate that, brother and sisters, appreciate that. But yeah, man, you know, yeah, this is I mean, I, the whole yeah, lot of y'all. For me, for me, man, as someone who's trying to get his degree, get that, get his bachelor's degree, and I know how hard mm-hmm. it is. You know, I'm wrong word gotta, though, brother. Don't use the word try. African I, I'm working at it. I'm working on it. It's not right. easy, man. I'm working on it. They don't give it give it away up there, bro. It, it's not easy. But mm-hmm. that brother to come back on the his channel and say whatever he said, man, I was like, this dude's just, I was upset. I don't even know the dude. I don't oh, know. Wow. You serious, dude? You got to let him live. Yeah. Let him I mean, you know, he just same face. Go ahead, go ahead. Because. At one point, I yeah, think I heard right. he's saying, you know what, everybody just stand out. I'm like, good God, this dude is, I mean, I, I can't believe it. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to make a comment. No, that, um, that wasn't a good reference, Todd. That was a crazy reference. For the record. <laughs> okay. Um, I want to make it. a comment. <laughs> information um, was put out um, many months ago. And, I, and this is referring to um, the, uni, the unity question. Um, you know, we've been artificially, we in America, as uh, melanated people, have been art, artificially selected. And I don't, and this is my honest opinion, I don't think that we could unite under any specific banner. We just need to come together for a common cause, um, fighting against oppression. And I think that's that's you know that's the most important banner that um, we got to come to grips with you know whether it's Hebrew, 
uh, atheist, more, you know, any of the Christian, any of that. Um, I think we just need to come together. Well, even, well, I'm just going to say I'm concerned about the, uh, us melanated peoples um, here in the in the hells of, of North America. Um, but we just have to come together and, and uh, spend and support one another for a common cause and then learn to trust trust each other. And I, but it's I, it's still going to be hard um, until some dramatic or or catastrophic, you know, we begin to, you know, we have to get dwindled down like the native, you know, so-called Native American, for us to get our own reservation and say, okay, we now we're together. I mean, I just it's it's just going to be tough. I just don't see it. I agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I, I, I agree with you. 100%. I agree also. That, Absolutely. Even on campus, I think that there are different units of black people. Man, we just we just don't all meet in the same space. Man. Now, uh, are you are you a are you a student at Ohio State? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm uh, so you can you can, so so you can you can attest to this that uh, you know. Uh, at, at Ohio State, there's only I think um, I think maybe a three percent um, uh, presence of black students there. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I always, uh, and, always they all, and they yeah. all on the football team, and they all on the football team. Yes, I was well, except guys. for myself. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I mean, you know, except you y'all too. A, um. You have and Ohio State has has been mocked as being a uh, uh, PWU, which is a predominantly white university. Uh, which I can attest that, and, and it is, it is, it, it is. definitely is. Nothing wrong with that. Right? I mean, it is, I, it I is would, man. But I'm sorry, didn't cut you off, brother. Go ahead. Let me ask. Yeah, go how do y'all what deal with say, the relationships? How y'all going to deal with the relationships after y'all leave Ohio State? And that seems to be the problem. So it seems like I mean, students to go to the black colleges uh, fare, fare better off when they come out of college based off the relationships that are built. You know what I'm saying? That will take you in business and all that. Now in Ohio State, half of the people y'all know, y'all not even going to deal with them no more, which is vital this is what I when you leave college. This is what this is what I would say, Ankh. For me, for me, I can't speak for mm-hmm. anybody else. They have an excellent business school. That's why I went there. I don't know why um, Sadat, I think that's his name. I'm not sure why he went there. But they have an excellent business school. And what happens is, unlike um, recruitment, they, they have recruiters from all these top companies that come to the school. And if you can get out of there, you can get hired before you even finish your program. You understand what I'm saying? That's why mm-hmm. I went there, because I got accepted into the business school. The business school is excellent. Now, I, I don't know. I, I didn't go to HBC, so I can't speak from their perspective, but I can tell you what I see at Ohio State, that they recruit, recruit. I mean, Fortune 500 companies come, and they come heavy. You're probably right that half the people I go with are probably after I get out. 99%. Let's keep it real. Yeah. You're not hanging out with them. Yeah. You're not going to hang out with them. I mean, for me, but I don't, I don't mind that, man. That for me, I, I could care less. Oh, go ahead, brother. For me, I, I, I go to Ohio State um, for two reasons. One, my father worked for Ohio State in the hospital uh, for over forty years, 
And so, okay. you know, um, obviously there's scholarship that I can get for the fact that he worked there and, and so right. on. Um, you know, beyond that, I'm smart enough to know that there's name recognition that goes with Ohio State. Exactly. You know, and so, you know, I can, as a black man, I can use that going to a white man and saying, hey, you know what, I went to this school. And not only that, but I earned my graduate's degree and my Ph.D. I've thought about going to an HBCU and doing my Ph.D. study. I really don't want to go to an HBCU and do my Ph.D. study because at the end of the day, you know, mm-hmm. it's and, – and, and I I know that I have to play the game. You know exactly, and so I got I, I got I got to play that game, and you know Said, no, I'm no, going to no. milk them. Go to a HB? Why wouldn't you want to go to? A, uh, let me see if you make the same mistake I made. Go. Why you why why you want to go? Because what? I I I wouldn't black go to an talent, HBCU. Black, people, black women. <laughs> well, well, I'm in, I'm engaged, so so the women the women are out, you know, get me in trouble on here. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, oh you said you know, you engaged? Yeah, I get you in trouble. I'm, I'm engaged, so you know the women the women are out. Oh, I get you. I guess. But I I wouldn't go to an HBCU not because I dislike HBCUs. But because I know that at the end of the day, that name recognition might be able to open doors for me that an HBCU mm. might not be able to open doors. I know. Since I still live in a white okay. man's country, I'm going to have to play mm. that white man's rules, you know. Okay. And if he says, you know hey, funny? you know, yeah. Hey, you know what's funny? You made that vital mistake. That ain't the truth. I'm going to say it one more time. <laughs> Look. Working and getting a job and all that and doing this is based off of relationships. Remember that. It's based off of relationships, not the name of your college. Trust me when I tell you this. Ask anybody, right? That's why you find a lot of successful doctors, black doctors, you know, go went to like Morehouse. You know what I'm saying? These black colleges. Think about what I'm really telling you. It's all it's based off your relationship to people that you meet. Right? And go out into the world. They recognize you again. They recognize you again. I, I don't disagree. Don't you think white people, smart, white people smart enough to know that your ass is still black and went to a white school? You don't think they're smart enough to know that? That's, that's true. not going to cover you. Yeah, that's not going to cover you. I used to think that. Well, I used to think that. And I really had to well, sit down and talk to people, and I had to recognize that I was wrong in that. I promise you. Go you can build strong relationships. So you might want to do a little both. You feel me? I, I get what you're I, saying, I, I, but you I might do. want to be a doctor do. somewhere else. I went to HBC I, and, I, and I worked for a top. I'm sorry. I worked for a top 40 company. I worked for United Health Group, and they are like a Fortune 40 company, and I went to HBC. So that's not necessarily true. And I didn't even go to the best HBC. I went to Lake University in Missouri, and I worked for one of the top countries. Yeah. Companies in the world. What I'll say is this. What I'll say is this. I'm not disagreeing that because my sister went to Howard and she's doing very well. You know, so it depends on where you go too. So I'm not discounting the fact Friendship. that you said relationships. That? I said yeah, it's all about relationships. And, you know, yeah, so they definitely recruit there too. So it all depends. I just choose to go to Ohio State because I got no. in. 
No, I get simple. you. No, I get you. Yeah. I get you. I'm just. I, I, just and, and I was. You know. I would say it's a mixture of both. Also, um, I, I would say that my sister, she graduated from Howard, and she, she's. I mean, she actually turned down some top Ivy League schools in order to go to Howard. She, she was able to select which school she wanted to go to, and also right. the Howard, the Howard University Law School was rated as one of the top fifty law schools out of all universities mm-hmm. in this country. I would also further, furthermore say that our, our um, also Honor Law Squad member, uh, Dr. Mayat, has her Ph.D. from uh, Morgan State University. And Dr. Mayat is one of the most brilliant-minded, uh, uh, I'm talking about just, just an astounding uh, Ph.D. doctor. Mm-hmm. And her being a member of Honor Law Squad, uh, and she's brought on her entire group of doctors, uh, uh, doctor friends, to come on and discuss what they do and their expertise. It's a whole nother level. So you're going to find right. value in understanding that, yes, living here in America, you may be able, it depends on what you want to get out of it. You can, you can, you know, use the name recognition of certain schools. I find benefits of the classes that I took at Syracuse University and the professors who taught me, as well as some of my other, my godbrother, he graduated from a Harvard University. And so he has his degree from Harvard University, and from Cornell University. So there's benefits of whatever you're going to look for. You'll find it on both sides, HBCUs as well as uh, non. That, that's true. That's mm-hmm. absolutely true. That, that I, don't true. Disagree, I don't disagree with you, Ish, but here's what I would say. I have a friend who goes to, he's graduating this year, I think, this semester, from Harvard. The man, he got scholarships from everywhere, but the main reason he chose Harvard because he wanted when he says Harvard, he wants when he drops that H bomb. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right now, coming out, he's making mm-hmm. 160. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the difference. Yes, sir, that name recognition. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, that's something changed in America. I, I, I don't see name recognition being able to force racism, white supremacy. It's a fake shield, absolutely positively. Maybe a European can name drop that. And I'm telling you that we can't get lured into that false sense of security. I promise you that. And see, this is the same. It's almost like the same thing. Well, I don't want to get those black-owned tennis shoes because I like the name recognition of those shoes. It's, it's like it's basically the same thing. Like at some at some point, we're going to have to take it on the chin, right, and start supporting our own institutions and building them up and just say, well, you ain't got to hire me. How about that? You know, so it's going to be, we need to be responsible on both ends. We need to start having, we need to continue to have a company. Because you do got black-owned Fortune 500 companies. And we need to start dealing with some of our own. So it's going to collectively, we're going to have to take all of us coming together. Because that's a crazy mindset right there that we think we got to pass because we're in a white institution. You price it, say, look in the mirror and say it a couple of times and you'll get what I'm saying. Say, I'm going to this college because the name recognition is going to get me past that. If you say it three times, you realize it's just crazy. And what is it? I Obviously, the advantage is, is just us following also what Dr. John Henry Clark said. Go get those educations in the top institutions that are over there, and then come back and serve your people and show your people exactly what you can do on the highest levels, on all levels. So go and engage, get that uh, education in whatever institution you choose to go to, but make sure you come back and you serve your people and in the best interest of pushing Africa forward. I, I agree with that statement, Ish, but here's what I would say to that. Because I, 
I realize academically when you're dealing with these institutions, things are set up a certain way. And let me use someone who just died recently who I look up to. What's her name? I think um, Dr. Frances Fresh Wilson. Didn't she go back to Howard after she got her degrees and so forth? And what happened to her? You see, you understand what I'm saying? It's, there's some no. things set say up it. systematically. Say it. Say, say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, is, be, be, clear, be clear on what you want to say. What are you saying? What I'm saying is, for me, how I, how I see things set up in the university setting is because I'm a very vocal person, you know, and I'm, I'm politically conscious, I'm black conscious, and so forth and so forth. When you go to these same black institutions that you're talking about, you might get a fight from your own black people. And I can't deal with that. I, I can't, I don't, oh. I just can't, you know, you know what I'm saying? I don't respond to, in fight terms of the what? message, in terms of the message, let's say you, let's say, I mean, let's mm-hmm. use you as an example, Ankh. let's say you go to like Howard, you get your degree like mm-hmm. at your undergraduate or your master's at, the let's say, Ohio mm-hmm. State, and you mm-hmm. go to Howard University with your pro-black message and your, your consciousness, you'd be surprised. That's, you'd be the black person. You wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise mm-hmm. you? Well, how is, no, it, how is it that, how, how is it that Dr. How is it that Dr. Malik Zulu-Shabazz was able to get his degree from Howard University, and he's still one of the top lawyers in his game? But he he went he he graduated from Howard University. How was that? There's no uh, one more radical than him. Uh, nah, I'm thinking y'all just. How about Dr. Carr? Dr. Greg Carr, man, he's a professor at Howard University, man, and he was Black African Power all day. I mean, so you're not gonna get that at at. <laughs> you know what? I promise you, there is no fourth field. It's gonna break no, down the barriers of racism, white supremacy, because you think you got you went to that college. That was a falsity. That I was under that banner. I don't knock knock anybody from getting an education and where they think they get their best education. Uh, you know, we advocate education. So yes, right. I'm saying, I'm just saying, at some point, we're gonna to have to raise our standards of our institutions if the standard is not there. Because I, cause I, I have to think that Howard is an excellent college. Go ahead. I, I agree. My my department, mm-hmm. the African African American Studies Department at Ohio State, is talk about that. is one of the. How can I put it? Recently, it's been defunded. Now I do know that it did receive a grant, but very recently it has been defunded because we don't have mm-hmm. um, enough uh, mm-hmm. graduate students that are mm-hmm. signing up for African African American studies. Uh-huh. But most of the even even with some of my um African uh, uh classmates if you will, they're coming over and they're studying engineering, they're studying biology and oh, so on. Right. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to study African African American studies. You know, no one mm-hmm. wants to study the history of us. And so what is happening that, is that you know, money is delegated based upon how many people are in your department. You don't have mm-hmm. enough grad students in your department. They're going to pull the money and give it to Somewhere a traditionally else. white department, you know. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things of why I would like to stay at Ohio State is that I don't want to see that department fall apart because no one's there, you know. Yeah, I, I have I professors who have I, 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 I have professors who are – Almost at 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 the at the cusp of retiring, who's going to take their mm-hmm. place? 
what I want to do with, with, with my career is teach on the academic level. I've taught on, on right. the school level, you know. Mm. But if I'm at a school where no one is signing up for, you know, this department, we don't have any grad students, we barely have any Ph.D. students, and I leave mm. and I go somewhere else, well, then what am I showing mm. my community? I'm showing my community that the hell we're going to Ohio State. I'm going to go to the black school and, and teach them at, at the black school and shun this white school. And it's not so much that I'm trying to um, be complacent to, you know, uh, the, you know, the white establishment. What I'm trying to do is make sure that this same department that I came to will be a department that somebody like me will come to later on, you know, so that that's, that's, pretty much my stance on why, you know, I want to stay there. I went to, I, I, as soon as I started Ohio State, my goal was, okay, I'm going to get my undergrad and possibly my grad um, degree, and I'm going to go to an HBCU. As soon as I found out that they were being defunded, as soon as I found out we no longer have that many grad students or PhD students, I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay because I'm going to recruit some, some, some of these black kids to come and study what I'm studying at this school. This school does Good not have to be. This school does not have to be a predominantly <laughs> white school. Good luck, oh, yeah, that's Ohio State, man. Are you serious, man? <laughs> hey, I'm. I'm a try. I'm a try. Yeah, right. Fight, 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 fight the good fight. Fight the good fight, brother. Man. I'm with you, brother. <laughs> fight. Yeah, I'm with you, bro. Send me the memo Good luck on that, that bro. <laughs> <laughs> We're with you, the brother. Ohio State. Yeah, good luck with that. Ohio State. All athletes that I know that go to Ohio State, they're either in business or a few of them in, like, maybe nursing. I don't see any of them signing up for history classes, bro. That's that's (laughs) true. That's your fault. Y'all can take a mining mining black history. Right right now, one of my good friends, he's in finance. He's helping me with my finance class, and I know more about African history than he does. All he knows about is Jesus, Jesus Christ. That's it. There you go. See, there you have it. They need more. They so need more people like him. him. I'm the one that's educating him on his African history and so forth and so forth. Mm. So well, I, don't I don't see know, them in. I, I just wouldn't. I, I mean, don't... you know, that's a whole lot. That's a whole lot to put on a man, black man's shoulders, man. To be in an institution <laughs> like that. <laughs> Being around a whole lot of people <laughs> all the time. I mean, hey, if you don't hey, even uh, win no battle with that, though. It's not even winning a battle. You know what I'm saying? You got to like, be strong, huh? You got to be strong. You be strong yeah. my I mean, but, but, but I get why the, the, the uh, 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 brother, um, I get why the brother Christian, he said he want to be, become a professor there. And, and, and so we should have black professors in these white colleges. You know what I'm saying? Fighting the fight. I understand right. that. I mean, you know, and who am I to say where y'all should go? I'm just glad y'all in school with the right African mindset. Now, that's something to talk about, is the fact that you can be in a all-white college and still hang on to your Africanness, you know. So, I mean, that that that, that has to be, um, you know, applauded. Let me get this 901. 901, your line is open. I'm Ross caught up. What up, do you hear me? I hear you down clear, brother. What's good? Peace, man. What's good, just, bro? What's good, everybody? I was just listening in, man. You called me eating, yo. <laughs> oh, you hit that one. <laughs> you hit that one popped up. Nah, man. This phone, it just said you are in the call, too, man. I ain't press nothing. 
Yeah, we caught you in mid month, brother. Got you in that mid month. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's that touch screen uh, uh, technology for you, right? Yeah, man. You're in the host queue. Yeah, because you hit that one. That's why I said that. All right, bro. Yeah. yeah I want to say, bro, Ankh, I, I agree with Brother Ankh, too, on what he said. But, and not only that, I will say this as a witness. When I was in Dayton, Ohio State will come at you academically because. You know, in, in in school up there before I came back to Alabama, man, I, I had a you know straight A, you know, straight A student up there. I had a perfect uh, GPA, and they, shoot, if I could get in junior high good, they came after me, you know. So, but I believe you know 2016 and beyond the, the standard that Amara squad is setting along with this G brother Sardinetta, um and the, what the rest of the community is doing, you know, I just definitely believe that the youth and the African. Americans or American Africans, however you want well, to call it. Hold on for uh, Not trying to cut you off, brother. We up we up against it, man. I want to uh, thank thank uh, uh, brother Christian for coming through, man, and uh, providing us with uh, some excellent discourse. Um, where can the brothers reach out to you on Facebook, stuff like that, brother? Uh, you can you can find me on Facebook at Christian Sadat. Uh, I, I do not use Twitter. Uh, so pretty much my only mode of um, social media is going to be Facebook. It's uh, Christian Sadat. Mm-hmm.